ready? Here we go. Now we're doing the pop Two, three. Feels so official. What's up, man? What's up, <laughs> Thanks for sitting through our hectic uh, Sunday morning. Mm. Easy like Sunday morning. We're hydrating. Yes. With canned Skittle water. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so weird um, being a sparkling water, liquid death uh, connoisseur instead of the other stuff. Sober living. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Dude. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of do, actually. Like, we were just talking about getting older, and this weekend has been... I have, I've had six hours of sleep this whole weekend. We had a show. Uh, at Full Moon Records, shout out to Justin. Full Moon Records, have you been yet? Not yet. I've been watching. You know, I stalk everything online. Sure, dude. It is. There's something magical going on inside that place. Uh, it's got that, you know, just it's chaos in there. And you're like, fuck. And yeah. I mean, now's the time for it. It is. You know, the 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 scene here really needs a new spot. Um, yeah, it's in Conway, which is you know that's 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 doable. That's it's doable. central Arkansas still. It's yeah. like 40 minutes ish for most people. It's, it's close. Yeah, it's doable. Um, if, if a place in Little Rock would would open up though about that same size, I mean it would be a fucking revolution and yep. again all over. I know, I know there are people working on it. Dude, it's it coming. Would be great, yeah. it would be great. I mean, because you know, as someone who's been in this scene, you know, for twenty five, almost thirty years, it's never wow. been like this. Like this is the greatest it is. thing yes. to witness ever. Like my heart is just so full of of pride watching all this stuff and you know being a family man i can't be as active in person you know but i right. still watch it like a like a proud papa yeah dude you know i'm sitting at home watching all this stuff just like fuck this is great yes you know this is like when you know we we sweated blood and 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 beer and crank for years to try to fucking get <laughs> yeah. more than 40 people to come to dude. a show and yeah. well you're part of the starting people <laughs> you're in that group you're yeah. in the, the pack, yeah. as it were. Mm-hmm. The first the first few. It's so weird to say that our our underground music scene can literally st- everyone's still here. Yeah. You know? We me and my wife were talking about that uh, night before last. We're if, like because uh, Night Spake played, I'm playing bass for Night Spake and Oh yeah, that's awesome. Didn't yeah. even know that until you posted it's that video. So that's crazy. Fun. Yeah. God grind chords. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's so fun. But uh we played with I Hate God and Solent Green at Rev Room. Uh, yeah. and um so we've been playing with the dudes from Goat Whore uh, since the late nineties because Sammy, the guitar player, was an acid bath. Fuck and Acid yeah. Bath played at Big Weasel Skate Park in North Little Rock in like '96, and then we've also been playing with the singer of Goat Whore, Ben. He was in Soylent Green, and they played in fucking Olive Street over by Damn, the arena. Yes, in the, you know, in like '97, '98, <laughs> late '90s. And so we've been playing with those dudes for that long. And me and my wife were talking about it's like it must be weird to come to Little Rock because like when when you go to Portland or Denver or LA, you have all these export. Right. People that were imported in, that people right. that moved there from other places. But when you come to Little Rock, it's the same motherfuckers. <laughs> same if guys. anything, it's their kids now, <laughs> too, with them. Like, yep. fucking, we looked down in the pit while uh, Goat Whore was playing, and there was like all of the people that we grew up with, all of our kids were in the pit, fucking it up, yeah, like, fucking so smashing wild. each other, like, youthful energy. Like, it uh. was great. Oh man, I was there's a video of me at the full moon at when the 
they played. Speaking of that, like you just see all these children in this mosh. I don't know any of these people anymore. It's great. I go to a show and I'm like, this is all new faces. It's a fucking dream. And you can see me. The the mosh pit is so fucking crazy. I'm peeking around the bend of a door like, holy hell. <laughs> and we're getting to the age now where we got to really pick our battles when when we get in. I got I, in with X at the uh, Exodus show. <coughs> um, was probably the last time I was like full on in the pit. It was Exodus and Madman. It was way before COVID. It was like 2016, 2017. That's probably the last. Mine was at Rev Room. I, I remember it, and it'll probably be the last time ever. Rev Room, Norma Jean for Memphis. But it's that hard. song makes me insane. I think. I mean, I think if I was to see Norma Jean, I know they y'all they come around all the time, and y'all are highly, you know intertwined but um i think if i was to see them it would be hard to resist you know it's just because that's that's a natural love energy that they put out and <clears throat> that's more tempting to me than like the the burly thrash pits you know yes. like i want to get in and love somebody i think if i am ever going to get in the pit i don't want i want to like push people around lay on people i don't want to like <laughs> you know i've never been into the hardcore stuff i've the elbows and stuff like that, or I, I just have bad luck. I always seem to be the uh, dude that fucking catches the elbow or the leg right the sweep, like face. unintentional. Yes. You know, yeah. like I always seem to be the person that's just like, I'm gonna get in the hardcore mosh pit, you yeah. know. And next thing you know, I'm laying on my back. I'm like, what? Uh, what? That was like what 14 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already laying on my back. The mechanical bull of pitting. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have good luck in hardcore pits. I don't either, and I got out of it real fast. <laughs> I tried it one time, and I was like, oh, that's not my thing. I'm gonna go stand over by the soundboard. You know, I'm just watching that evolve, too. Like, I remember it used to be, you know, because when we opened downtown, um, the, you know, that was that was the the goal was to have a place where, you know, Dude, the that... fucking crowds reign. The, the crowds are in control, essentially. Right. And we're just here to build this platform to where the crowds can live. And, you know, we had to, like, cover all the sheetrock with plywood because oh, yeah. we knew what was going to happen. And um, so we started seeing... It, it started small, and there would be one guy doing, like, the lawnmower start thing or whatever, and yes. one guy with the swinging arms, and everyone would just kind of, like, sit back and go, interesting, okay, and then it started being, like, three or four people or five or six people, and then it just kind of grew into this, like, culture of people doing these weird arms. The windmills and this. And you know stuff. what's wild, too, though, is at that same time, I always think about things like this. We were talking about, like, it's weird how culture can find a thing, especially pre-internet, because all this stuff happened before any of that was Absolutely. a thing. And you would, maybe through, like, a video, and, like, oh, they were at whatever fest in this skate park in L.A., and, like, maybe it'll get to you. But at the same time that's happening, you go back and look at videos in a bigger city, especially on the West Coast and the East Coast, both the coasts for some reason, and they are beating the shit out of each other. Hundreds of people doing it already. Yeah. And it just sort of trickles into the middle America, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the big cities always find it first, and oh, it just totally. kind of goes we're like always, this. We're always years behind, yeah. you know, and you know, we, we do it with with just as much love and just as much passion, and, and we're innovative in our own ways. But how many times have you seen it to where you're like, you're like, I got this fucking idea for this music. I can hear it. It's gonna mm. be fucking. It's gonna be unlike anything I've. Oh, it's already been done, and you know, quite Chicago. a bit too. Yeah, you're like, fuck, man. There's a whole subsect of this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just and now with the internet, you discover it really quickly. You're like, I'm gonna start a band where I take all these synthesizers and I plug them all up and I make this like eight bit fucking yeah. dungeon satanic. Do oh, it's already been yeah. done in Portland. It's like that South Park episode. <laughs> Simpsons did it. You know, yeah, it's already been done. Band names are the same way. Oh, dude, it's so hard. I was looking up band names the other day for I, I do it for shits and giggles when I think of a cool one. 
And it was, I wanted something like Party Wolf or Night Wolf. So all of it was taken. Any wolf. Uh, literally forget all of the it. Wolf. There's no word that has wolf before or after another word that isn't already a band name. It's fucking but, crazy. But there is hope, okay? And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, there, there some some kids, uh, some of my friends, their kids are starting a band. Hell yes. And guess what fucking name they landed on? <laughs> Pig sticker. Pig sticker? And it fucking rules. It's like the best fucking <laughs> band name ever. Pig sticker. I love it. <laughs> so they're they're still out there. You can still find them if you if you just hit the jackpot on the band name. I feel like you'd almost be better off just naming it a letter of the alphabet. We're yeah. Q. We're Z. <laughs> you know, we're take it too. You'd have to do like a series of numbers and letters. I thought Hawk didn't realize Hawk. Was an '80s hair metal band, yeah, and I'm they're still around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "How?" Dude, we had a band called Hellhawk that I played drums and did vocals for, and it was kind of like Motorhead. We used to play it downtown all the oh, time. Shit, and, yeah, and um, some band reached out to us and was like, "They're like, we're Hellhawk now. Like, you guys aren't a band oh. anymore. We're using the name." And we were like, "Oh, we didn't even okay. reply. We're like, good luck." <laughs> Good luck with that. Wonder if there's still a band. I don't think so. <laughs> no, of course not. One of those fucking Reverb Nation number one in the zip code of one nine four three two. Oh Lord, you made me out of breath. Yeah, dude, that, those were those were the weird days, man. No word that like the MySpace. Every band got came after for that. Oh, well, we've had this name since blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah, and it's like that's, dude, that's when it like started. I think because oh for sure because you would just roll with it. You'd be like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, we're like we are. You know, like I was looking up the band name Dim. You know, because I was thinking about Dim Lights. Right. It's like there's got there's Dim would be a kick ass name for like an atmospheric, you know, some kind of doom. You know, metal oh, yeah. thing, and I was like, "Dim would be a great name." Looked it up, and there's like a couple bands called Dim. But back in the day, you would you would have known. You would have just been no. like, "We are Dim now," and uh, unless like they were published, right? Yeah. You know, or you got some, or you were in. There was always those dudes who, like, for some reason, were in like that weird zine culture where mm-hmm. like they just had access they had they had well i go to this fest and i picked up 20 from 20 different people and i sit down and religiously read them yeah. there's a few but man here there's probably like two you know people that can be like yeah i did that this town needs a zine too y'all make a there is one zine. At, is there's there? at vino's now okay good it's under the staircase someone is doing it i don't know who's doing it good. maybe it's jackson i don't know but it's in one of those you know repurposed paper boxes since they don't have that shit anymore yeah and you just pull it open. It's under the. It's very unassuming. You wouldn't even know yeah. it's there, but they're Good doing job. it. Good job, whoever you are. It's a neat thing. Yeah, zines are important, man. I mean, not even just for music, but for art. Art, you yes. know, and that's where the integration, you know, lives. Is one page is this fucking crazy drawing, and the next page is like an interview with a band, and every town, you know, seems to still be pumping some out. I'm glad to hear that we are. Here. Yeah, absolutely. That and and it just. Being a multi-artistic person, I love when all the things can be at the same thing. Yeah. Whether it's a show or whatever, you do a, you know, this, they would do a thrifting event and have a band, and then there's a guy painting a painting in the corner. It's like, this is fucking heaven. Mm-hmm. And that stuff seems to be happening a lot around here. Yeah. I love the crossover shit. Like the, like the wrestling dude. It fucking rules, dude. Were you there last night? I, I didn't. I was oh, going to go. I had. I put my jeans on. I, I was like, I got my car keys, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna pick up some tickets online, unavailable. And I was like, surely it's probably fucking sold out because the first one was fucking, you know, packed. Second one packed, and I was like, surely by this one it's gonna be sold out. So I was like, oh, I don't want to go up there and, and not get in because my my feelings will be crushed. Was it sold out? 
Uh, yeah, but you would get it. I'd probably get it. Come on, man. you would have got in. You just tapped me dude. on the shoulder. I'm like, come on, dude. Because I we'll saw beat up Chris. Trey, and you'll get in there anyway. I watched. Yeah, right. <laughs> I saw Chris and Buddy at the. They did a thing at uh the the parking lot outside of Kapow Comics uh-huh. in Sherwood, yep. Yep. and we took the kids, and it was so fucking badass. That so shit. fucking bad. And I, to be in Vinos, it's like a fucking dream come true. Have you been yet to 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 one of them? Not one of them. Holy no, fuck. I've watched every second of footage I can find. Though you've been around. I'm telling you, and I've been around for, I'm on year 22 of this. It's the most punk rock shit that's ever happened in that punk rock venue. It is unhinged fuckery. Yeah. A guy got porcupined last night. And by porcupined, I mean they took bamboo, a fistful of bamboo skewers, stuck it on his fucking head, and then punched it into his fucking head. And he stands up. There's a, I'll find the footage when this is over, and the the crowd just goes, oh, I mean, they're just dangling out of his shirt. <laughs> dude it is unreal God. yeah it's it's probably one of the most exciting things that it, that's going on in this already exciting world that we have right now like oh you know like i love watching all the stuff that um you know that that kurt does and and you know all the stuff that's all the footage that i can find because you know you know i'm i'm super dad for just a little bit longer you know i you know we found that when when you have kids um, a lot of the shittiness that our parents dealt us, like we don't want to pass that along. Sure. So we kind of push pause on our hopes and dreams yeah. and focus on our kids for about 18 years and getting pretty close to the end to where, you know, my kids are now like, go away, dad. I'm uh-huh. secretly like, yes. You know? so I'm, I'm, I'm Little pre- do you know, I'm cooler than you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, yeah. You know, like my daughter, she's like pretty horrified uh, with what I do in a lot of ways. And I'm like, that means I can go do it. You know, yes. that means she, she doesn't want to, you know, she's, she's cool with me not being around. So they're not as needy in, in this age. And so I'm, what I'm are they, probably I'm, like 15 or something. Well, my, my, I've got an 18 year old son with oh, special needs. And then I've got an 11 year old daughter and she's, you know, she's the one that's um starting to really that push um, back age. Yeah, yeah. Like she's like, you know, she was like, can I go to the show? And it's like, yeah, you can go to the show. She's, she's like, and my wife's like, well, you should probably bring a friend so you have something to do. And I was like, I looked at my wife. I was like, we can't ask some kid to go to see I Hate God. What are we, how are we going to explain that to their fucking parents? Hey, we want to, we want to take your daughter to a show at the Rev Room. Oh, great. Who's playing? Goat Horde, I Hate God. <laughs> I don't think Susie's going to go to that one. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's got to be interesting for her, too, to be an 11 year old kid and her dad is fucking Madman Morgan, dude. dude from Cop Sodomy, you know, like, like it's got to be interesting for her, too. Chainsawing up floors and whatnot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ah, such a good moment. Mm-hmm. Sad moment, but good at the same time. That was fun, dude. Yeah, the, the what downtown. A way, yeah, what a way to close that. Shop know? lights and just as as DIY as it started. Yeah, we would have never guessed, you know, because downtown actually started. Not a lot of people know um, how downtown came to be, um, and the reason is is because we were banned from Vinos for life again. And you know, again yep. is the key word there. You know, we'd been banned for life there multiple times and you know we we were fucking terrorists i'm not gonna sit here and say that we were you know we played by the rules right. we didn't um but you know so vino's would let us so but when we were loading in like six shine was playing at vino's all the time and and wake started playing at vino's all the time and and we would load our gear up and while we were loading our gear up we'd roll up a couple of joints sure um and take and we would load in and and right before the set you know, because it was the same thirty or forty people like we were talking about earlier, um, and before the before we would play, before the show would start, we'd light the joints up and we would pass them around, 
And everyone at Vino's that worked there, you know, they were cool with it or whatever. And they just kind of, we were, we hit it at first yeah. and kind of got a little bit more lax with it, a little bit more lax with it. Um, and there were other tensions outside of just the smoking weed and Vino's part. And it's just so funny because we were illegally, you know, smoking. It was illegal. We were breaking the law in right, there. Yeah. And then one day they were like, you guys can't be smoking weed in here. We're like, bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> and, and, like, we got into, like, this huge fucking fight with the, the all the staff. And, like, it turned into, like, this fucking huge brawl. Oh, shit. It was, like, all the North Little Rock shit dogs versus all the staff at Vino's. <laughs> and, like, Bobby Red is, like, grabbing motherfuckers and knocking them out. And, like, the, 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 the I remember looking up, and I don't remember who it was. Somebody from Vino's. I can't remember which one it was. Thomas or somebody. It's, like, standing up on the bar because there's this fucking riot chaos and he's like standing on the bar to not be in the fight he's just like (laughs) get out of here so that was the final straw and what a funny straw it was to get kicked out for not for being mad about (laughs) them not letting us smoke weed don't do illegal shit in our building please (laughs) how dare you how dare you i fucking hate this place (laughs) it's the only place we have to play too that's an escape park yeah so we didn't have Uh, anywhere to play uh, after that because vino's was the only game in town pretty much you know and and so we tried and we had all these bands coming through town like all these like fucking kick-ass bands wanted to play little rock and so we tried booking a uh, scott diffie had a place in oh, a yeah. tattoo parlor off Dude, south that, university it was so parlor. much fun fuck mm-hmm. i have so many good memories Dude, of fucking the parlor. sleepy time gorilla God. museum played there with look up sleepy time gorilla <laughs> museum if you if you after this when you yeah, yeah yeah go look it up but they played there like we had some really great shows at the parlor and and then ct and alan wells you know they Good were like, Alan, man. Mm, they Shit. were like, we've got to find this place. We got to start. In, we got to have a place to play, and we had some shows booked, and we're like, we got to find a place by this date. Right. And so Alan uh, found the original downtown. It was open. It used to be the Hole in Art Gallery before yep. that, and yep. we'd actually played the Hole in Art Gallery once before, and so we knew the room, um, knew it was a great spot, and then so Alan and and our buddy Jay, the bass player of Six Shine got together with the legal side of things and the monies and the loans and the signing the papers and right. all that stuff. And CT was kind of the, 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 the visionary. Right. And then once they got the place, then, you know, I came in and offered to help. And so we opened it up and um, we had the first show there and that's how it came to be was we were kind of forced out. We forced ourselves out by sure. being fucking maniacs. But uh, so that's how it started, and the first show that you you guys played there. I mean, I remember meeting oh, you back dude, there. My, y'all were um, okay. So when I knew when you were coming on, I was like, you know, I was having a conversation with Stan not that long ago. Was, There's so many children in the music scene now, and he was like, yeah. And we were just kind of talking about. It. I was like, you know, when me and you came into this, there was no us's. There wasn't these dudes who were like, dude, just do this thing. Like, the, and then I got to thinking about it later, and I was like, actually. There was a couple of us's. There just wasn't as many us's. Right. And you guys were definitely fucking one of them. Because when you'd go play other places, man, it like I love Aaron to death, Aaron Hurley. Oh, yeah. I worked with that man endlessly. But back in the day, he didn't give two fucking shits about me or my band. Right. When we would endlessly, come on, man, Juanitas was like the dream. Oh, dude, that place was the old the Juanitas PA, was the fucking you best. Know? And so you're just dreaming. All your favorite bands play here. Mm-hmm. But, dude... You, CT, Allen, every fucking time you needed somewhere to play, it was like, yeah, man, come on. Shit, fuck it. Who cares? I remember one time, Allen, 
he was just him there for some reason, but a show had fallen through and he's like, you guys still play if you want. And it's the smallest show I've ever played. One person <laughs> paid to get in the room. You, you would be surprised how many times that <laughs> happened. Well, and you know, and this is just good for the kids listening. That one person just so happened to be a journalist. And we still gave that person the same show everyone gets because that's just a personal yeah, that's like. That's what you do. That's what you do. One or a hundred, baby. It's all yeah. the same. And uh, got a dope write up in the newspaper about it, you know? Yeah. And that that was the the crowd that that we acquired at downtown, like the people that just kind of ended up migrating to there, was a bunch of eccentric, mm-hmm. um, brilliant minds. Like we, you know, we met all kinds of crazy people. Um, one night, uh, Janet Jackson was playing at the all. It was all Tellerine, I think, at that time. That, yeah, the original. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, the guitar tech came into downtown and was just like fucking ended up like hanging out like for hours and he bought he's like he just wanted to support the place and he's like what's the most expensive thing in here and we had we had found an early nwa 12 inch single damn that was like this rare um you know like promotional only yeah, yeah. nwa record um it was like some a radio giveaway for, yeah radio yeah i was you gonna know say. and uh so we had i think we had like a, we're like Three hundred dollars for this NWA record. It, it was probably I don't even know why we got that price, but he was like, "I'll take it," and he like just paid like without question, just because he was just like, you know, this place we had all the it looked like this, you know, we oh had yeah, all the flyers oh. on the walls and everything, and fucking loogies and throw up everywhere, <laughs> beer <laughs> fucking on like, everything. I love this place, yeah. and so he just like so we always had like weird people coming in there. Um, it just attracted yeah a certain breed of people. Yeah, and we would just be sitting in there just fucking stoned as hell and just, like, <laughs> yeah. eating Wendy's, and the door would open, and you never knew what was going to happen when the door opened. Like, people would just come in. One time this guy came in, and um, the factory was right around the corner, and the factory was one of – it was a very cool underground gay bar that was, you know, right around the corner, and it was that. very well established. Yeah. And, you know, we always had a great relationship with, with, with everyone that worked there and all that stuff. And but we also sold used stuff, so people yeah. would come in and they would sell us their records. They would sell us boxes of CDs or whatever. And uh, this guy comes in with this like case, and he opens up this case, and it's all this like leather fucking bracelets oh, yeah. and leather fucking. And we, as we're digging in, we're like, "Fuck yeah, fucking heavy metal shit, man!" <laughs> like we're like digging in, we're like. Ball gag, getting oh, getting, it was sex. Getting, we're like getting interesting, <laughs> and so like we're like, well, we definitely ain't gonna buy this ball gag, you know. But like, <laughs> we may be able to resell some of this other fucking leather chain shit, and like, we're just so stoned in here. Like, and I look up, and a buddy of mine, uh, like, we're like talking, I'm talking to the guy. I look up, and a buddy of mine has got the ball gag. And he's, not, he's like, he's like, this is weird, and I'm like, get that out of your fucking <laughs> like. It's, and so clearly this person had stolen this case out of oh. from around the corner and brought it in to try to sell it to us, you know? And, we, and so we, you know, we're just like, you take it back to wherever you got it. You know, don't be a scumbag. We didn't buy any of it. Um, but that, you just never knew in there, you know, and that was because, you know, we tried to be a record store, Oh, I, I, even though that was kind of a front. We um, definitely coming in there i remember i saw i told somebody the other day, i was like i'm old enough to remember when downtown music was downtown records and more mm-hmm. or whatever that downtown original music and records rec- yeah, music mm-hmm. and records because we had to say that um to get the landlord to, to allow cool us it. to have the space like we were like we're gonna be a record store 
Mm. We're going to be a record store. And then we're going to have some shows in the back, maybe. Maybe. And that's why the stage was in the back. Yeah. Like at the first couple, you know, the first year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Because we had to put it in the back because we had to kind of hide it. Man, I don't know Um, how on the ground floor I was of playing there, but apparently pretty soon. Yeah. So the stage was only in the back for maybe like a year or so. I definitely played Um, on it a handful of times. I remember when y'all changed it, next show that we came back and played, I was like, oh, damn. It's all different. Dude, it sounded so fucking horrible in that back room because it was just tall and the wall was right there. Right there. you're just playing to the wall that um, Alan, you know, he actually, uh, very fortunate that he, he trusted my vision in a lot of ways. Um, and he was like, he was about to go on vacation. Uh, him and his wife were going to go somewhere. And, and he's like, I was like, while you're gone, I'm, I, I'm going to move the stage <laughs> while you're gone. Just, just hear me out on this. And he's like, what do you mean you're going to move the stage? And I was like, I'll show you. And so I took all the, like the record sleeves that didn't have any records and I laid them all out on the floor where the stage ultimately became when it was by the front door. Right. And I was like, I was like, see this, like you will come in and it'll kind of be weird. Cause you'll have to come in and then walk around, you know, like, but we'll use the back door as the front door. You'll park in the back and you'll come in. And he was just like, I don't want anything to do with it. If I come back in the stages here, you know, we'll see how it goes. Right. And so as soon as he left, we like got a bunch of buddies and with saws and fucking yeah, yeah. built the stage and, and moved it up to where it was. And dude, it sounded so fucking good when the it stage did, was really by did. the front door. I mean, anyone that, that came there would, will tell you like that fucking room sounded great. More full, more robust sound, mm. like all just boom, thick. Always sounded shitty on stage. If, or, well, know, that's just, you know, yeah. I honestly, man, the only place and whatever, but the only monitors I ever loved were the old Juanitas ones. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. uh, Dave just had a way, but they had that bass one with the, cause I'm a drummer. Well, you're a drummer too. Mm-hmm. When you have the bass one too, yeah. fucking come on. Dude, I loved playing the old Juanitas. When they moved it and got all like weird, like buff, angry dudes, yeah. like, you know, like pushing you around. Like, I mean, they were fucking, they were like being aggressive to yes. us when we would go in there. They'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, instead of being like, hey, have you paid yet? They'd be like, what the fuck? Where the fuck are you going, oh, yeah. man? Like, <laughs> That was a sad, that was a sad state of affairs, I man. Know, that was great. When they painted over the mural on the wall of the old Juanitas, what the fuck, man? Ugh. That was the that was the death nail. That that was the you it know was a blow to the whole scene. It was I dude, mean, it was an insult. When that's the biggest story of the week, you know you <laughs> fucked up, man. Like you fucked up. You should have never did that. Painted over the God. mural at Old Juanitas. Go to hell. <laughs> like it'd be hell. like if Vino's painted over the back wall at the on the stage. Like what the fuck mm, are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Some things you just don't touch. You just don't touch. <laughs> Freshen it up, maybe if yeah. the paint's peeling, whatever. Right. Get the artist back in here if they're still alive or someone who's good enough to do it. But dude, even when they opened South on Main. <clears throat> And I went in there, like, because Matt Bell was running South on Main, and so the food was great. It kind of declined after that. Mm-hmm. But um, even when I went in there, and when, when Matt was running South on Main, uh, Lights Inside the Woods, I played a set there one time. and I like, How was we, it playing there? Was oh, it was it, awesome. They really? had great active PA, uh, like EVs yeah, all yeah. along the front. All the powered stuff. It sounded great. Yeah. sounded fucking great. Um, and the food, of course, was great. Yeah, but I was, was angry the whole time because the mural wasn't on the wall. And <laughs> it was, was like, just like stark white, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I remember just being like, just bitter. It's, it's like, it's so fucking iconic, man. Mm-hmm. 
And like, what ha- what happened to the rest of that place? Remember I'm, the upstairs? It was like yeah, a whole yeah. apartment yeah, up Tedford there. Yeah, Tedford had a studio up there yeah. and everything. Um, yeah, that's where Wolfman started was upstairs. Yeah. And we used to go up there all the time. God. And had that cool, like, um, there was like a cool walkway to go into where the studio was. It was like this wooden railing and yep. like it was awesome up there i what? don't know what i don't know what's going on up there now it was so cool talk yeah. about vibes man mm-hmm. you walk up there you felt like a rock star yeah. you're like oh rock stars have been here I and that it. back <laughs> patio too behind the old juanita is Dude. like i mean i've seen motherfuckers blacked out drunk hugging squeezing <laughs> falling yeah heaving <laughs> throwing up <laughs> fucking in the corner like hey man <laughs> like, pissing. So, yeah, pissing. <laughs> like i mean you know those next days where you wake up and you're like flash memories of the night before. Oh, dude. Like how many of those started on that patio? And then there's like a couple flashes of Midtown. (laughs) Everyone's past stories were like, well, you get, you'd start the night here, go there. Cause it was all kind of at some point when it was really banging, going to multiple spots in a night was kind of, just so mm-hmm. what you did. Yeah. Well, we're going to go catch their set, and then we're going to hop Dude, over here like, and catch their set. Go to Blank Generation. Oh, go Blank to down, Gen. Go over to downtown, watch a show, and then go to fucking Midtown or whatever. Another great punk rock thing that was mm-hmm. just... It was just a moment in time, Blank yeah. Generation. You were either there or you weren't. Some of my favorite shows ever there. Yep. It was a great place. Um, yeah. What, what an awesome time um, for music, you know? Because a lot of people... It seems like time has kind of narrowed the scope of mm. what was really going on like you know everyone was kind of like well downtown was the metal place blank generation was the punk place juanita's right. was the blues place right but in reality it was the complete opposite of that like we would have a singer songwriter at downtown yep. or dream fast or something like that and you know they would have like a blank gen would have like a fucking metal band over there oh you yeah know? Like, or, I mean, or even like a pop punk band mm. they did a lot of that uh uh, what ended up becoming Mayday Parade, that's where I met those guys. And yeah. they were something completely different then, but it was like Taking Back Sunday, you know? So it's just like yeah. rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. We would do that shit in downtown all the time. Yeah. You know, like we always had, you know, very diverse shows. And, you know, we, I'm I'm going to be totally honest, you know, we, we were kind of elitist jerks at that age you know sure. we're, we're hungry we're fucking yeah. doomed well you and know? you were kicked Death out of the doom. thing yeah. you're making your own stand you're yeah. like fuck them and, and fuck this and blah 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 and there was a lot of rivalry too that used to occur from little rock and north little rock like all the north little rock uh bands were like these scummy fucking drugged out dirty stinky folks and all the little rock side was a little bit more st- established they took a little bit better care of themselves they played a little bit more listener friendly music and so like you know they would always be very standoffish when when the drugged out stinky kids would come over and i mean we all love each other they're we're all from the same town and you know there was never like knocked down drag outs or anything like that but there was you know until the end there yeah (laughs) yeah there was tension though oh there Um, definitely was i mean i'm i'm in that group that happened to me a handful of times. You definitely would have the crustier dudes, and you'd be somehow you got on the same bill, and there would definitely be some animosities and people it's, talking shit. And, it's not like that now, is no, it? Oh, I don't, I don't hear it. Yeah, because I, I, I've know. seen, I've seen people being like, you know, the scene is is kind of divided, but I've, ne- I haven't seen anything. Of course, I'm not actively there I, every in, as, as much. I'm anymore, sure. But. People, you know, just like anything, if somebody's doing better than somebody else, or maybe they'd wonder why their piece of the pie isn't bigger, but. 
I mean, other, I would just hope like, in, a, in a scene like this that everyone would use that to. Most people and are, especially after COVID. Like, I think the majority is far better than it was because back awesome. in the day, it was very matter of factly, and it was more open too. Because people would just say the shit to your face. <laughs> I remember playing, and I'm friends with all these people now, so I can tell the stories. Like, I remember playing with Janice Face. You remember Janice yeah. Face? You remember oh, Wade? Yeah. Uh huh. I remember him telling me, like, you fucking suck. Like, in the parking lot. You remember the old parking lot of Vino's, the one to the left across the street? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all suck, blah, blah, blah. And then we fucking crushed them, dude. Like, we got so mad. We'd be like, fuck you. And we'd just be yelling across a par- across a fucking street, like, no, you suck, fuck you. And we're supposed to be playing a show together. That's yeah. insane. That would never happen now. <laughs> yeah. I would just pack my shit and it's leave. It's like actual, like, verbal <laughs> yes. confrontations in the parking lot. <laughs> like, why? I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's not, that, that, you know, and I hope that I hope that everyone uses these opportunities um, that we're getting now where – you know, and a lot of it, you know, COVID is it, it. It was really great for the scene, as as nightmarish as it was at the time. And luckily, we had <coughs> folks like Kurt, fucking uh, keeping motherfuckers in check. Like, dude, what you were doing during fucking COVID, Kurt? I know you're not on the screen, but dude, <laughs> fucking, you're here with us, brother. And goddamn, you were. I mean, you were fucking keeping motherfuckers in check, and I, motherfuckers were watching like myself and and appreciate that shit. Like that was fucking awesome, dude. I mean, we were just trying to make it through, and it we were all weird. Just, we're just like, we're, let's just do what's best. Yeah. You know, and you had people that were like, this is my living. This is what I do for a living. It's like, we're all fucking We're hurting. all fucked here. You yeah, know, yeah. like, let's not, let, let's just ride this out, you know. Let's, Figure let, it out. Let's do what's best for all of us, not mm-hmm. what's best for us individually. And uh, anytime anyone would step out and be like, it's about me, Kurt would just fucking slay <laughs> Yeah. Every time I see Kurt in the in the thing, like I'll see something, right? I don't pay too much attention. I try not to because I'm very compartmental in my brain. So if I start to focus on something, I'll lose focus on another thing. So I'll see it and I'll go, "That's too much. I got to just keep on yeah. scrolling." Like I can't if I not get in emotionally it, prepared. Yeah, I'll I'll just spell. be in it for like three days and I got to work and shit. Dude, that was, that. that was it was so terrible. Like I mean, at first, like I was like getting fucking people were threatening to like come to my house and and, because i was on the thv fucking facebook comment section oh well that's not where you want to be that's gonna ruin your life trump motherfuckers just being like fuck your breath smells like cigarettes and pork chops bitch fuck you (laughs) like she'd be like my brother's a cop he's gonna come to your house (laughs) and i remember just being like i gotta get all these fucking i gotta get all these facebook comment sections that shit will give you a heart attack dude (laughs) Dude, it's so mad like mad at people you'll never never meet. meet them dude you'll never meet them and you'll never like and you live in the same city you'll yeah. never see these people and it was just it was just amazing Ugh. how many fucking right wing nut jobs were just sitting at home all day on these things you're just on these comment sections you're just like the whole world is how, fucking how the fuck are you not at work mm-hmm. <laughs> well during covid you know i had to work because I guess building houses was necessary. Yeah, so you didn't get the... The only thing that was nice, man, is it, it was you were alone. Because they wouldn't let... Con- like, even in that area, which you would think no one would have gave a fuck. But it was still kind of like, oh, they have a whole crew in there. You come next week. So they were sectioning it off oh, like week yeah. to week. Because normally it's like, put 50 motherfuckers on it. We're behind schedule. But yeah. there really wasn't... You couldn't really have that during all that shit. Uh 
I actually got COVID in someone's house. Like it was a remodel. Their kid brought it home. They didn't decide to tell me till the end of the day. And I was like, man, what the fuck, dude? So anyway, it didn't matter. I got it. I, I just went to work. I was, was like, that, was that early? Like alpha? No, this was, was it Omicron this was, or whatever. Later? This was towards the almost, we were almost done. But that was weird because, like, yeah, I worked the whole time. Never. I was just fucking like, I mean, but I'm alone. It was kind of fucking sweet. Dude, it dude. was, yeah, it was, it was, I got more done because I work in retail. Retail shut the fuck down. Yeah, y'all you were know? Just like, doing were, like, my boss was like, who wants to go home for a, you know, until we figure this out? I was like, me. I got a whole fucking, you know, I got a whole studio in my house. Uh-huh. You know, I was like, I would love to go home. And so we were doing live streams and sending files back and forth. Like, we got really good at like the file sharing and all that stuff during that. I'm, and we, I'm starting, I'm starting now to learn how to do all that. Oh, it's easy. I can help you. Anytime. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stems, stems, stems. <coughs> yeah, Send me your stems. Yeah. <laughs> the stem thing and you load it up anyway that'd be for after this but yeah. i i'm definitely trying to get where i can just work more on my music at just like oh i got this riff mm-hmm. put a little fake drum beat send it off to you know another person that's hey add drums to this you yeah know, something like that yeah dude it's i mean <clears throat> you know another thing that covid has done or the covid forced us to to step up and do as a society is, is deal with the latency issue of long distance jamming. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, before it was always a thing, like you'd see these uh, ads or whatever, jam remotely with your buddies across the t- country or whatever, but it never fucking works. Cause there's it's all terrible. this huge latency issues. Yep. And so with COVID, of course, everybody was zoom and live stream and Google meetings and all this stuff. And so everybody was, trying to figure this latency stuff out and they made quite a bit of ground um my guitar player who lives in miami um he wow guitar player for for wake uh john he he uh he also plays in this band called proto men oh okay and proto men's fucking awesome if you're into you know like 80s uh like comic-con type Hell you know yeah. kick ass i mean uh-huh. they're fucking awesome but um he, they were able to jam recently with this app called jam kazam and it's it latency is still but you can keep it under like eight micro milliseconds or whatever that's, yeah, eight fucking, milliseconds. that's very short so that's it great. is it is a little phasey sounding or whatever and so we're getting into some of that too but you know we're him in Miami and us in Little Rock. What's so the app? It, it's called uh, Jam Kazam. Jam Kazam. But okay. like, so the, the the amount of geography that you're trying to cover is is a factor. So like, he's in Miami and we're in Little Rock, of course, and and so there is it. Well, we're, internet we're speed's done. probably a bitch too. You, you have to plug have like, directly into the modem. Uh-huh. Um, I'm you're using gonna want a, the highest gigabits you can get. I'm using a MacBook Pro with a UA Apollo um, that has internal processor, so it, everything's like super fancy, fast. dude. Hell yeah, yeah. So we're 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 dialing it in, and but you know. That was another advancement that came out of it all really of the was, lockdowns. Yes. Is like we gotta still jam. You well, know? well, yeah. Oh, well, so we'll, all the content still has to come out where people will lose their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that's what the live streams were almost instantaneous. Yeah, Tedford started doing them. It yep. almost almost day one. Yeah, he was like, "Well, I've got these cameras and kind of." I, I don't know if he was already starting to tinker with it. Well, he used the he used the cameras for his you know his control room. Yeah, like, yeah. So he can like communicate with the other rooms and stuff. So that he already kind of had a lot of that stuff going. Yeah, we did one. We were the guinea pigs actually. We Hell were the yeah. first one. And he was like, "Come in, we're just gonna try." I was like, "Sick, let's mm-hmm. do it." And it was fun as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I still think there's a place for that. That's what I was about to say. I, I don't know why we all just went. I know it's because we want to get out of the fucking. We all just spent a year and a half inside. Yeah. Like, sure. But I and I haven't, like, thought about it enough, I guess, to. Oh, what if you, you know, 
Because, you know, every time I die was doing them pre all this. Yeah. They were kind of ahead of the curve with that. They did Tids the Season, and they would have live stream it, and you could buy tickets to go to the physical thing or just watch it, and they would have, like, commercials and shit. Dude, I mean, NPR fucking Tiny Desk Concerts. Oh, which are or, awesome. Or live at KESP <coughs> or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, this is something that has a lot of value. Yeah. Um, you know, for artists, like, I, I mean, and audio we've tree. Got, yeah. Audio yeah. tree. Like we've got the technology. Um, we don't need to just abandon it because COVID's over. Like, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Like, and if it, you know, if there was a, a new venue or something like that, like it would be great to incorporate that. Into... I just wonder that, that. Okay. There you go. If a venue, I played in a venue in Nashville long, many, many moons ago, and they were, streaming back then mm-hmm. Di- i mean dial up shit it was terrible it was a, <laughs> it was a panasonic remember the handy cam remember oh, yeah. the handy cam era it was mm-hmm. like tight in your palm yep. it was one of those in the ceiling just pointing at the band and you could log into their website and they just had it on a on a feed when they opened the door it was just on yeah and we had six people in the room and 34 people online. <laughs> and it was free. But yeah. now you can paywall the shit. It's like, yeah, I get it. You have a family. Like, dude, you're a great case for that. You're just like, I've got these kids. I don't really necessarily want to get out of my house trying to be a parent. But if it was just on in the background, pay five bucks. Even if you kept it cheap as fuck, yeah. a $5 ticket's great, and I can still be home and cook yeah. spaghetti for my children. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Put it on the fucking big screen in the fucking living room. There's got to be something. You know? But the only thing I wonder is, do people start... Yeah, I can just pay five dollars and just oh, you think you it know, would kind of take over, take away, take from, away from mm-hmm. it because people do they don't need another reason to just stay at home, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I wonder about it. But so far, especially if you look at this weekend, I mean, we played Friday night and there was a show at every single venue in this in the central Arkansas. Yeah, every Great single shows one of them. all around. Wild, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. I fucking love. It. It's <laughs> a dream. It's what we always hoped for. Literally, this whole time is 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 what's happening right now. And you know, I would just hope we. I, I hope we understand it, appreciate it, preserve it, use it. Um, let's get more bands. We yes. need more bands. We need more friends. More styles. More genres. More venues. More mixed venue. Yes. Mm-hmm. More mixed shows. Like more not studios. Just... Mm-hmm. Studios would be great. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I found a killer studio out in East End, um, out in Hensley. Um, there was this lap steel player guy in this in the '60s named Zane Beck, Fuck and yeah. he invented the pedals or the the the. There's like these levers that go under a pedal yeah, steel, yeah, yeah. And he like invented those, and so he's in the pedal steel Hall of Fame. He's from Arkansas. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, so he moved. Is he alive? No. So Shit. he <laughs> like he buys the studio in 1984. In East End, right off the right off the main drag there in East End, and make the like gets this like super awesome studio, and then dies a year later uh. in '85, and the place just kind of like they had some engineers kind of come in and and um kind of try to run the place, yeah. and then uh, I guess the wife died and or something, and and Damn. they just sealed the place up, and so this this place is like a fucking time capsule. It's so bizarre. They sealed up this studio from the 80s. It's got a two-inch MCI tape machine in there. It's got fucking racks of digital this gear. This is in East End? Yeah. I and live so, like 10 minutes from dude, East End. Just, oh, it's so fucking amazing. And so like, it just sat there, and the ground kind of changed, and there was some water, and there's some drainage issues. Uh, they had a little bit of flooding in there, and then a friend of mine, Travis, that I've known for a long time, like his... Uh, he he got offered to somebody's like, hey, do you want to do something with this studio? And um, 
So they went in and they cleaned it up. They redid the floors and they opened it up in 2019. Damn it. Dude. Right before. Man. And so world shuts down and this place is Ugh. like fully ready to go. And so now it's it's open, it's ready. Um, oh, it's okay, mm-hmm. awesome. It's called East End Sound. If anybody wants to, I'm gonna start re- doing some records out there. Um, oh, I gotta go and yeah. look at it. Yeah, you gotta I, I live it. right down the fucking road, dude. It sounds amazing. They have a really great drum room, which is one of the things that this city is kind of. Uh, it's the hardest thing in the mm-hmm. world, man. Yeah, um, they got a great drum room in there. Have you done anything there yet? Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, yeah. We've been there a couple times. I had a uh, lights inside the woods uh, practiced slash kind of did some uh, test tracking. Out yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. Fucking sounds great, dude. The fucking drums sounds so good in this room. Like live drum room. It exists. We can do this. Like, you know, I don't have a lot of free time because of all the stuff that I'm doing and, and working forty plus hours a week and mm-hmm. super dadding and you know, we do a lot of hiking, kayaking and stuff and you know, so I don't have a lot of time, but if anybody wants to go out there, hit me up. We'll fucking go out I there. I need to go out there. I'm I'm just, just that's that'd be stupid not to. It's yeah. right down the street. Or you know, uh, the, the guys, the Travis, the guy that's running it, and Justin Velte. He, he's, you know, he's been around for a long time. Awesome guitar player. He engineers there too. Just hit, find us, and hit us up. We'll do some fucking records, dude. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, dude! That place is killer. It's fucking killer. I love a good studio. I, but I'm, you know. A little bit older, so like you know, nowadays a studio to most I would assume kids is just a MacBook with right and do any I, DAW, you know. So I fully Reaper. recommend this trend to continue. Like, fucking record yourself. Fucking get in there. Fucking oh yeah. Get some mics. Fucking get a good interface. Like, make record your band. But when it, I always just think my personal opinion is when it's time to make a record or yeah. an EP or something you want to release. Take that pressure off the guy in your band that's like, I'll record it. Don't right. put him through that shit. <laughs> fucking let him focus on his fucking plan. Yeah. And let somebody else fucking produce the thing. Push the buttons yeah. and worry about why the fucking oh shit, this is this and this is that. Like we gotta fix some shit. You know, don't you know, when it comes time to actually release something, fucking go somewhere. It doesn't you know, Tedford's doing great things at Wolfman, fucking Blue Chair's still going. I know Darren's kind of uh, I think it's up for sale, but yeah, he's phasing yeah. out um his role, but the place is still there. Place right. is still great. I mean, there's a lot of there's yeah, I've a lot made of a couple of things at Darren's spot. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and like you know, we're starting to figure out too as metal dudes and and heavy music dudes is and and ladies is, you know, it's 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 okay to just track somewhere and then send it out to get mixed by an, oh, a, a fellow absolutely uh, a peer of your music. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you're playing in a fucking '80s death metal sounding band. Track Find locally and then send the stuff to you know a producer that's Absolutely. set up for that because the mixing and mastering is is, is technically more important than the tracking well, when it comes to making here, a great album. Which that's album. where you're tracking all the tone. You already know what you want it to sound like. So as soon as it sounds like coming out of speaker, tracking is just how good are you? Yeah, you know it, that's mm-hmm. all that boils down. But then bringing it to life, the mixing, the mix. like making everything sit right. And then that mat, that polish, you know, where make everything fills the room. Yeah. And as long as you've got solid tracks recorded with solid mics, yeah. good mic placement, you know, good preamps and everything is labeled and everything is correct. Like as far as like when you send it to someone, right. they can make sense of this. Stems. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah your Not stems. Track yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they're like, this is guitar, but which one? Yeah, Left, right. right? Yeah. yeah. So as long as you make it easy for the mixing engineer, like, that's the way. You know what's right good now. too now is like what again with the stuff, 
they're way more accessible. There are mixing engineers and mastering engineers that you can get that used to, there was no fucking way you were getting yeah. to these people. And now you can just be like, and they'll listen to it and, they, and you know, they get to decide whether they want the project or not. But a lot of times they'll just do it. Like Matt, that was responsible for all those early Christian core albums that everyone loves. The Norma Jeans, The Chariot, the, they all went to Goldman Studio, right? Well, now Goldman Studio, it was this huge place and now it's just him. Yeah. He just comes to you. He tracks right there with you and your room. You set up. He brings his Damn. mics and his computer. Yeah. Hell yeah. Rolls in some rat cases. And Literally, dude. And just go. Like, yeah. how fucking sick is yeah. Matt Goldman? You can have a Matt <laughs> Goldman record from your fucking garage if you need, you know? Yeah, you that rules. pay the dude's bills and he's good. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, like, having a place like East End is cool, too, because, like, you can... You can capture room sound. And right. I know room sound can be easily simulated now. You know, there's all kinds of soft, and, softwares mm. where you can, you know, you can recreate Abbey Road Studios. Oh, and, yeah. You know, like there's all of this. And the technology is great and it does sound good, but nothing compares to a good drum room. Nothing. I'm telling you, we, just, we have real drums on our record we're putting out. It's like the best. Because mm. I listened to it with the stuff that we did, which is still great. I'm not knocking it. I still love it. But there is just that subtle nuanced difference between the two things. And uh, I mean, they were so sick. I sampled them. Like, yeah. I, like I stayed an extra hour and we went through the process of getting every single piece of the kit sampled so I can go back and use it for yeah. demoing purposes. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, that, that, that's a testament to the, the drum sounds y'all got on at that time. It's so know? wicked. I'll send you one of the songs. It's so wicked. I, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. I cannot believe I, when we were done, I almost cry. I'm to the age now where I just cry about fucking everything. I'm like, <laughs> I'm real sentimental. I fucking cried on stage Friday. I'm not going to lie, dude. Yeah. In front of 100 plus people, I was just like, ah, you know, man, living. damn. <laughs> living to the max, you know? It's just funny to me. I used to be kind of a hard-ass dick, you know? I was a bit of a shithead, of course. I mean, I think that a lot of that's youth, you know? Yeah. You're way more militant about your beliefs. Well, you know, um, the times were just different, too. Life was a little tougher, and we were poor as fuck, so I had to mm. scrap for everything, you know? But... Now I'm just like, you know, I was like, oh, cool. Like uh, seeing all those kids' faces at the shows, you're just like, dude, this is something yeah. so fucking special. Dude, what a great time. And they get to come into a thing that's there. Mm. You know, your generation built it. My generation came in and went, oh, this is neat. And then like fell in love. And like, we're, we're all kaleidoscope guys. You dudes were the ones like, fuck you, man. Now we're going to open this spot. Then, then we get all the spots and then the kids fill it up. And then we're all just like, oh, and then it kind of goes away for a while, which fucking sucked. And now all the me's were like, nah, we got to we gotta fix this shit. Because remember, it was good, remember? And now, and now it's a whole different thing. And it's just fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and think how many bands are going to come out of this. You know, like already. all these kids that were at that show. like Already. What do you think they're going to ask for for Christmas we, this year? We were by, fucking bass guitar. Exactly. We were at the fucking Second Life show. The opening band, the dude, the youngest dude i think he was 15 Hell and yeah. his brother was there who was 10 and he goes this is my brother's favorite song and immediately starts screaming his head off and i was like this is it dude we're watching it right now yeah lucidium yeah lucidium that's a cool see children a name yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> that's, <possible. laughs> yeah, that's a cool name oh dude <sighs> yeah i started when i was my first band when i was 15 um we lucked into a fucking 
major label record contract. So I was in junior high in Batesville, Arkansas. I'm hanging out at a skate ramp, like like huffing uh, gas type <laughs> rag. Uh, just like, you know, being a fucking teenager in Batesville, Arkansas, what else are you going to do? And uh, this car pulls up and it was some dudes in it. And they're like, we're starting a band. We're going to sound like a, it's kind of like going to be like Faith No More and Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers mixed with Ozzy. <laughs> we want you to play bass. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so I started playing bass and I was 15 and, and like we had this show uh, at, a, at a showcase right? it was a label showcase in Memphis called Crossroads Music Festival fuck yeah and like it was our first show ever I had played one show before at a like a like a church <laughs> weird but anyway yeah so we're playing this like music showcase and the A&R from EMI Records just happened to be Get there the fuck uh, out of here and, man and she came up to us after the show and was like you guys are brilliant like, do you want to go back to Batesville and go to high school, or do you want to go on tour, be on MTV? And like, what do you like? And we were just like, well, fuck yeah! So I quit school at and uh, ninth grade was my last year. I I walked out of ninth grade just like, fuck y'all! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, Metallica dude! Shirt on, <laughs> fuck y'all! I'm never coming back. That's so, a movie scene, yeah, man. <laughs> left, left the ninth grade. We toured. We were on fucking. Uh, even some butthead, Headbangers Ball. Yep. We were in the movie Mortal Kombat, and I like remember. had all this success. God. But the music was fucking horrible because we were kids, you know. <coughs> like the music is terrible. But they like they saw this youthful energy, and and so they were like, we're gonna. They put like tons of budget behind us, and they, you know, we recorded in those amazing studios, and they, you know, like you know. Like and we ended up being on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, which fucking sold you know over a million records. Oh yeah, you know. So like we had all this success, but we realized we got we started getting older, and we realized we're like they're taking advantage of us yes. uh, financially, and it's also kind of weird. Like y'all should have been like, millionaires, and you're not. Yeah, 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 we're not getting shit. Yeah. You know, we didn't get anything from Mortal Kombat, but um, except some free clothes, but um, that we stole from the trailers, but uh, <laughs> during the movie set, but uh. uh yeah, so like we started realizing we're being t- you know totally taken advantage of, and and so, you know, we we, we quit. We're like we're gonna play the music that we want to play, and so we just fucking left and violated Wild, our contract. Man. And lawyers came in, uh-huh. and we're like, you'll never work in this town again. Uh, Boo hoo! Right. Yeah. And so that was my run in with the the major label record industry. But you know, so I learned a lot about you know being a kid in the music business. So if anyone's listening that was at the show and is thinking, but you know, you're a young kid thinking about starting a band and. You know, just be careful and, and do what you love. Don't let the labels tell you what to fucking do. Yeah. It's a scummy industry. I mean, there's well, no it, doubt about we're, it. We're this close. I mean, they they shot their own feet. They're literally sawing off what's left of the last foot they had to stand on. Yeah. I heard now, dude, they are just, they're like, uh, we, they only focus on two things now. They don't give a fuck about how good you are anymore. That's out the fucking window. I mean, they don't want you to it, be good. The, like, it, you don't want to set the standard it, just, to, at a tool well, or a mastodon they level. Want you, they want you to do the work. And then they come in and convince you that you need them. It's like, well, if I did all the work, why the fuck is this the the the, the metric you're using to yeah. measure my fucking success when I'm the one that did it? I don't yeah. need you anymore. Yeah. The only reason you would ever need a fucking label, I think, in this point is distribution because that shit's hard as fuck. Yeah. Instead of waiting a year or two for a vinyl, which even big bands, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but oh, when yeah. they put one out, it's a solid six mm-hmm. months to a year. Even big bands yeah, are waiting a year. You, you know, you leave you know? the studio, you don't see your test pressing for a year. Well, you know, that's because the Taylor Swifts of the world got to print out 40 million copies 
by tomorrow. Yes. And I need them by tomorrow. Yeah. And there's only three fucking pressing plants in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's one here. I, I think they're all overseas. I, Jack White's got one. Does he? Did, mm-hmm. Okay. So we got one. Yeah. That's not enough. <laughs> and it's the number one selling medium now. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Thank God. God, if awesome I medium. We got nothing beats opening up that sleeve. Dude. And uh, you feel like you're in the record. Yes. You know, because it, it's all around you. On both sides. I mean, even the single sleeve, when you pull the insert out and you got that lyric, car, that big giant piece of thing you can hold on to. Uh, when Imagine the- being an artist and working your whole life on this fucking piece of art. And then you sell it to a band, and they make it this big on a when thumbnail came. or cassettes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like now, it's just like this little thumbnail. But at least cassettes could have the folds. Yeah, you, you could, could unfold. You'd have about forever. ten of them shits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it, love dude. It. Oh yeah, the thumbnail era. But it, but clearly, people want the physicality too because vinyls sell <laughs> dumb. That's why all these people were pushing, putting. Taylor Swift wouldn't have vinyl if that's wasn't where the money right. was coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Period. Because that's how that industry works. So sell your record with the download code. That's all you need in this world. And some shirts. Make sure that's it. Well, t-shirts. And now they're $35 fucking dollars now. Yeah. Um, but, and I mean, there's a reason for that. Like, to I mean, trying to buy blank shirts to print on, like, it's another challenge. Whereas, Is it a shortage thing? I mean, it's just hard. Yeah, they're just more expensive. Okay. Whereas, you know, we used to be able to charge $10 for our shirts all day long. I remember And hearing- we're up to 15 now. Um, you know, we may eventually, uh, like, and, you know, I always try to be like, it's kind of like the COVID thing where, like, you know, like, get, like you want the, 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 the Kurt like heroes, you know, like, I want, I, I think we should all join together and, you know, we should all be okay with, with having to ask more for our shirts because we have to pay more for them. Interesting. And that's us as a society. It's not ideal. We don't fucking love it. We, we still wish, right. we still want to sell them for $10. Right. You know, and it does suck and we don't like it either. You oh, know, man, but, I miss when a $50 bill was your food, your entry, oh, the merch, God. like, yeah. Every, it was the whole mm-hmm. night. Yeah. It was like, Couple oh my beers, God. Yes. Fucking. But I mean, you know, now, you know, if you want good shirts, you can't get them for less than $9 each printed hardly. Right. You yeah. Know? That's, that's and true. So you have to sell them for 15 um, 20, and that's even Most at, people, I mean, most locals are 20 now. Yeah. And that's which, okay. We should support this, I think. It okay. sucks. You're selling it to me. Yeah. I mean, I would, it's not ideal. And we hope it doesn't last forever, but, you know. Well, it will, though, because it'll just be the new normal. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, they don't right. ever. They, thirty, 30 bucks, mm-hmm. but that's for a fucking record, man. Yeah, yeah. A record. I don't have any. Some people have T-shirts that are forty years old, but I have a whole box of records, and some of them are fifty and sixty years mm-hmm. old, and I can still play them shit. So, and that shit probably cost my dad yeah, a dollar. Yeah, you know, totally. <laughs> like fucking. <laughs> yeah. So a modern record, dude. I would gladly like, even if it was y'all, and you say, "Hey, dude, buy this record." Uh, Terminal Nation, whoever, forty bucks. Fuck yeah, yeah. Because I know I'm gonna have this the rest of my existence, yeah, for sure. If I want it, which is dope. But I, you know, I'm just I'm bitching. Yeah, I know. Bah, it humbug, sucks, man. It, I just it, cost of everything. This is sucks. the new thing. It just happened. It's like within the last few months, all the shirts are like thirty and thirty five bucks now. If you go but to any website, so at least it's not uh, like these artists being greedy. Like they're they're, just, they're, having, they're getting the same profit. <coughs> they're just having. I I get it. I get yeah. it. It's just. And you know, a, a lot of it too is, you know, with the with the the venues charging merch fees, um, you have to factor that in that fucking horse shit. You know, like I, where's my soapbox? You know what? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the show's getting dark fast. Jeff, just hold on a second. Let me let me fucking scream into the ethos. <laughs> fucking God Almighty, that one makes me insane. Yeah, 
It's ridiculous, and it's always been. Re- I mean, it, this didn't just start like when we toured in oh, Europe. This has been around forever. Yeah, when yeah, we were in decades. Europe, it was a man. It was a huge battle because gas over there, you know, was is insane. Um, it's insane. People and they bitch about, about gas leader. prices here. Nowhere you know? near, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's you know, it's two or three hundred dollars every fill up over there, and it's you know, it's insane. Um, and so you're you're fighting that fight. Um, a Coke is five dollars, you know, yeah. like a sixteen ounce Coke bottle is like five bucks. So you're paying all these like super high prices, and and then you get the fucking venue being like, we want eight percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Like, of the whole cost too, <laughs> you can't even do like. Well, I want you're 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 asking for like it costs us six bucks a shirt to have them printed. So you're only going to get it what our markup. I'm only going to give you the six percent on the markup. You can fuck yourself. Margin. You're not getting the whole cost because you didn't put in on the six. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll do 15 for both, and then, you know, yeah. that way it's different. You pay me 15% of the six, and you can take 15% of the whole. Yeah. How about that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it's just like y'all are making y'all's money at the bar. Oh, you and they're making fucking, fucking is money, liquor? Like when downtown, when we got we got beer first, right? Uh-huh. And that was a that was a sweet day, greatest day <laughs> ever. <laughs> Everyone, they, dude, we rolled in the keg cooler, P- perhaps as far as the eye could see, <laughs> yeah. man, and it was. Selling out every show. Yes. <laughs> Fucking everybody had a red solo cup. It was like, and they stunk. You oh, know, dude, solo yeah. cups just get yeah. so gross when they get hot. In your hand, they're just like, does the beer just. <laughs> but it was the greatest. But then we got liquor. Yeah. And once you get hard liquor license in a venue, I mean, that's where. You go from it's kind of like sound wise when you get subs, right? You know, it's like the yep. same thing. It's like you are elevated to the next level of entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, venue. And so, like when we, so there, there is a ton of margin in liquor. So leave the fucking bands alone. Don't fucking cut into their shit. They make so much money on yeah. that stuff. If you've I mean, worked at a venue, you know. But yeah, it's the like, liquor is the fucking gold mine. And I know it's hard to run a venue. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's cheap overhead to, to run a venue. Oh, it's there's an, a lot it's, of it's costs. Expensive. Yeah, there's a lot of costs. Um, but at the same time, I mean. Uh, and, and, and depending on the act, you know, you might actually lose money at, mm-hmm. even if you sell out. Oh, yeah. But you just brought them in, but then you got that thirty grand you cooked up at the bar, you know. So it's yeah. like you still made a lot of money, but they don't want to talk about that part. Right. I've been definitely to some shows where I'm like, there's no way, there's no reason you should be stiffing bands. Like, because, you know, a band will do, uh, if you sell out, they'll do, like, we want X amount more for every head you let in. Yeah. But the venue is never, ever, ever doing the right count. Yeah. Not anyone in the whole world is going to go, and then we counted out a hundred extra paid, so we're, here's your extra <laughs> yeah. money. Like, Bust none out of them the are, clicker. Uh, yeah, none, it's like, oh, one pay for five people one you know they were a group that's one <laughs> so how is it now I, since i'm so i'm not as active in the day-to-day scenes anymore how is it now with uh guest lists and people getting in for free is that is it is it because there's there's because the volume of people coming through the door is yeah. increased so is there like is there more people sliding in sneaking in asking to get in it's like, kind of the same as it ever was one one guest per member it, that or like, I feel like that's it's like it's the like standard. the standard is like Still one standard. that's good that's good that's sometimes good. you know if you're a little bit more established and you're like hey my kids are coming or whatever they're like yeah of course like no one's gonna charge the guy who's on stage bringing all the money into his fucking kids to come in but i think yeah one to one because if we if this if we would have had this amount of traffic in the shows back in our days 
Like back in the early days, we only like, made fifty bucks. Dude, there we was three hundred people. We were fucking all snuck in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were like, "Damn, all those people paid." Well, fuck, we're going in the back door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're fucking sliding in. You know, we'd have a whole fucking section of people that just crept in the back, the side <laughs> no, door at Vino's. The shows are on, on track is solid anyway. Like at that point, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's so well, awesome too. All the fucking <laughs> shows selling out, like. There's so many now. You see, you would just pray, please, God, 50 people, 100. 100 was like, bitch, Mm. get out of the way. We are rock stars, Daddy. We're quitting our jobs on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's like 200 people, and you're like, that was a good show. That was a good show. And you're like, maybe we can do 300 next time. 300? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, like fucking Bongzilla sold out Whitewater. You know, like yeah. it was just like fucking awesome. It was like, what what universe are we in? Like yep. this is fucking amazing. Sellouts are almost normal now. It's almost a weekly basis. Some vi- it's not at the same venue every time, but one of the venues will have a stellar weekend almost every single weekend. Love it. Love it. We need so we need a, a venue that's just a little bit bigger than Vino's. Yeah, we need one that's a little bit bigger and but one that's a little bit big. smaller. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That literally is like the conversation everyone is having. Three to five. Like when we moved downtown next door. Yes. Like if we had a space that exact that, size. That's a perfect. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's low. Like, you know, the, the visual is good. And the sound booth was in the back on the last version there, which was good. Like everything was. That was such a proper. Dude, that venue was perfect, yes. man. You know, like I was the first to kind of dip out because I had my kid in 2004, my son was born, you know, special needs. And, and so I had to like get a real job. And, and I, one time I, uh, I was running sound and I don't remember what was going on, just partying, being crazy. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, I hear and my eyes open. And the first thing I see is my speedometer pegged my hands on the wheel and so i'm just like come to and the 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 sound is my wheel uh scraping on the side of the bridge going from little rock to north little rock over the 30 bridge and so i was like and i come to and i'm I'm just like oh god my speedometer's peg oh god so i let my foot off the gas and i slow down and I, i went home and just passed out didn't give a shit you know and and but the next morning i got up and i was just like got my my kid is in the you know he's He's very young, and I was that just reality like, check. I, look, I was just like, Dad almost died last night. <laughs> so I called Alan. I was like, Dude, I gotta take some time off. Damn. Like, I'm because I just, you know, I'm not strong enough. I'm really good at making bad decisions, and you know, I know that. And and so I was just like, I've got to get out of here. I can't work right. in a fucking bar right yeah. now. I, we're we're too crazy. Oh, proximity effect, man. If <laughs> yeah. I'm near it, I'm doing it. <laughs> so for sure, I dipped out. You know, kind of earlier and then you know alan had kids too and and there was a lot of stuff going on that not a lot of people know about because you know we had when we moved into the big room yeah um next door um we had like undercover uh crooked cops come in the same shit happened at the sh- village they tried to and they shake did. us down they were like they were like they're like they were offering us protection. Yep. And mafia style shit. Yeah. Same shit at the village, and that was years later. Dudes. Probably was. <laughs> they suck. And so when, of course, we so they the undercover cops came in and they were like, "We want, we'll protect you guys." And mm-hmm. it was all this like un, like this fucking dog whistle underhanded like you know suggestive uh, rhetoric. And so of course we were like, we were probably stoned to shit and just couldn't process this information anyway. And we were just like. We got to think about this, like, come back some other time. Let us think about this. 
And so when they left, we were like, holy shit, we just got fucking bright. That's like, we just got uh -huh. shaken the fuck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they I'm came back and they were like, um, have you had a chance? And so we were like, we've decided we don't need protection. No, no offense. We love you guys. Like, you know, you guys are so great. Like the police department has been great. Um, you know, so helpful and, you know, any, thank you for your offering, you know, but we're good, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we're going to pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. and they were like, well, we're gonna, um, we're going to make sure that everyone that's leaving here is, hasn't had any alcohol and make sure that no, and so they, they parked outside mm -hmm. and just sat in their car and they were, they were, they claimed that they were gonna just start popping people as they left. Yep. Um, it only lasted for a little while, and I don't think they actually. I think it was just they were just trying to scare us. Scare further. tactics, yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of stuff like that, like that a lot of people didn't know that was other reasons why we were like, man, we got oh, kids that now. Stress you the fuck out like, too, because and you know, there's always the fear when you run a venue of someone's gonna leave and after drinking and the drive and smash up and you yep. know hurt themselves or somebody else and. A lot of stress running a venue. Somebody's gonna get hurt, you know, things yep. like that. And um it got and which just got to the point where, you know, everybody was just kinda like, Okay, we've we've done this, we've built this legacy. Let's 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 give it to Samantha, um, and let her carry the torch right. over here and and so we worked out a deal and she she came in and took it over and did some great things there as well. Um and it had it had probably the best years were when, when she was right. running. Yeah. God, how many fucking great shows are in there so at the many. end? I had so many. Dude, I saw so many like life-changing bands in that room. I mean, so many shows there. I went to so many fucking shows there. It was dumb. That was, that's Aside from Vino's, that's got to be the most venue I was ever in. Like Vino's probably takes cake now because it's been yeah it's still it's going. still going, but at that time I mean I, I felt like I damn near lived there at, at one point. You're just always there because it's all the show like especially the underground heavy stuff was all going there at that time. Yeah, uh, for the most part, uh, because you know the people who were putting it at Vino's now worked and owned downtown. Yeah, so it makes sense. And then and also. Well, they were trying to be a sports bar for a hot second. It was weird, man. That <laughs> yeah. was a sad time. When the brewery first kicked yeah, in. Man, and the, the well, they were brews and the They were putting TVs in the back. No, this was like Oh, I remember. Oh, that. seven, eight. Like they, yeah. they were like trying to get away from doing shows. That. It was sad as fuck. You're like, man, you're never gonna smell good back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, it's baked <laughs> in, buddy. It's never gonna smell good. Well, you're never gonna get fucking the people to go in the front and kind of like suck it up and that's like, right. the rich business folks. Oh, the lunch crowd, yeah. They, yeah. they, they <laughs> want nothing to do with nothing. it. No matter what how many TVs you put back. You there. ever you ever get one of them trying to have dinner there and it's show night and you you lock eyes and you're like, This is our time, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you fucked up, right? You should have went to Domino's tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, just think of how many times there's been like these, like probably the fucking richest people in the state or whatever. Legitimately, sitting, like, yeah. Sitting in there, like fucking clothes they just bought and are gonna wear and throw away, and they're sitting there, and here comes some fucking scumbag falling in the door. <laughs> I'm with a guitar. <laughs> it's the, it's one of the one places you will see all walks of life. Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. From child to billionaire to drunk stumbling idiot, like it's all there. Yeah. That place is a people watching Mecca. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we were able to come back. <laughs> I, I'm glad that last lifetime band wasn't actually lifetime. That would be so weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that would ever last. Maybe 
like a corporation where they can see you coming in with facial recognition cameras right, or something. Right. How did you start playing music, man? I, well, I'm interested. I, I mean, it was never Batesville, a, right? Well, it was never a. It was way before that. It was never a choice for me. Like, really, some people, you know. Like I see these people are like, I'm gonna take a break from playing music for a while. I'm like, that's an option. I'll no, die. dude. The, you the, can do that. Like no one told I, me. Like I, so. Like you know, some people have cancer. I yeah. am a musician. Like that's my affliction. Go. Like it's it's almost like it's almost like a disease. Like I can't not do it. Like it's something that just comes out of me like against my will. And it's I've been like that forever. Like when you know, so my mom bought me a drum set. Because she was a dance instructor, okay. uh, she taught like fifties fucking Charleston yeah, yeah. and Whopper, yeah, all this like stuff. And so she wanted a dance. She had a kid, and she's like, "You're gonna be my dance partner someday. Oh. I want you to learn to dance so you can dance with me." And so there was always music in the house. Um, and she bought this like toy drum set and set it down in front of the stereo. She put on Donna Summer. I think I was two or four, somewhere in there, very young. And she sat me down at the drum set. And put on Donna Summer with mm-hmm. the beats real strong, disco. Oh yeah! And so she sat me down at the drum set to teach me to keep the beat, so I would learn to dance. Uh, and so I was like, rhythm. digging these teach drums, you rhythm for mom. dance. Not so much, yeah, so not so much into the dance, but I'm digging these drums. <laughs> and so I started then, and then just immediately. I mean, I as as young as I can remember, that's I was fascinated, and I had a, my aunt. Um, had a kiss 45 uh, nice. calling Dr. Love on one side and mm-hmm. Beth on the other I think mm-hmm. and so she's like you know I'm probably seven at this time and she's like check this out like there's this band called Kiss and they dress up in makeup <coughs> and she's like describing them and um, that must have been life changing as a child yeah and so of course my mom at that time for some strange reason she still thought she could save me <laughs> um, from from this dark call of, of, of heavy music and um, so she was she was like she took the Kiss record away she was like you, you know that's evil you're not ready for that you're only seven years old they talk about sex they talk oh, about sure yeah liquor like drugs like you're not ready for this world jeff young jeff and so she hides the record up in the top of the closet and as soon as she went to work i stacked up all of the dirty laundry <laughs> and climbed to the top of the closet and got the kiss record and i mean it just evolved from there i started as soon as i you know i, I remember the first time i saw a Rickenbacker bass in a music store. I, I was taking guitar lessons around that same time when I was like eight in this place. And I saw a Rickenbacker bass and it was like, I, I, I did the thing, the temper tantrum thing where I like mm. fell on the ground and was like, I'm not leaving without it. Like that. My grandma had to like pull me out physically. Wow. Cause I would not let go. I couldn't get away from this Rickenbacker bass. Um, and so it's always just been something that I've always done. And I started that's a gravitational pull, man. You yeah. just I got a guitar when I was for my thirteenth birthday. So I was, you know, dicking around with music forever. And wow. there's that weird age where you I want to be a skateboarder. And right. now I want you know, like you don't what am I? you don't know yeah. what you are. Yeah. And so for my thirteenth birthday, I got a guitar for Christmas and my neighbor had a guitar, my next door neighbor. And so and I was just like, This is cool. And then my, my parents took me to see Alice Cooper. Hell um, yeah. And <laughs> the cult opened up. Um uh, 
and they did a it was in a it was in a theater and we were at the very front of the balcony and so the bass player for the cult did a bass solo and while he was doing the bass solo the fucking pl- the theater felt like it was going to implode and it felt like the balcony was going to collapse and it was terrifying i was terrified uh-huh. and i'm 13 years old just fuck i think i'm going to die in this theater cuz the bass is just like they used to just pump the bass yeah. so fucking hard and it felt like it was going to it was dangerous and so i was like I want that. And uh-huh. so I took my guitar and, and I was like, mom, I need to trade this for a bass. Like I want to do that. And so I so traded my bass in, or my guitar in for a bass. And ever since then, it has been all I've done. Makes sense. Cause you know, <laughs> a bass and drums, that's the same instrument in my mind. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a drummer. Um, even though I played drums, you know, in wake and been playing drums for 30 years. <laughs> I'm not, like a- I'm not a drummer. That's not what lives inside here. Right. Right. You know, I'm a bass player. Um, and, but my, drummer that was in the, the the major label band um he had some social anxiety stuff and he's like i want nothing to do with this when we broke up right he's like do you want to buy my drum set for like 200 bucks it was fucking pearl uh same uh rockstar 2 deluxe same kit that uh dave Grohl and yeah. lars uses uh-huh. same exact series Those big long lugs mm-hmm. the, yeah the rap yeah, so he yeah. sold me the whole kit with symbols and everything hardware for 200 bucks damn I was like so I bought that drum set and I just started, you know, smoking lots of weed and just experimenting with it <laughs> and ended up like learning to play somewhat. But we were still in Batesville. We just quit the major label band and we didn't really know what we were going to do. And so we started driving to Little Rock from Batesville to see mm. Sick Shine, Living Sacrifice, yep. Crankbait, you know, like we would drive to Vino's and see these like fucking insane pits. And just like it was circle pits back in those oh, days, yeah. Oh, yeah. like when v- when Living Sacrifice or Crankbait or somebody would play at Vino's, it was an actual circle whirlwind whirlpool right. style pit where everyone would just run in circles, and it was fucking amazing. And we were like, me and the guitar player Chuck, who's I'm in Dead Bird with, um, we're like, we have to fucking be a part of this yep. scene. And so we met the dudes from Six Shine, and we met CT, who was in Sunny Days at the time, and he was like. You're moving here. Like you, you live with. You're with us now. Right. And this was in like ninety. Come, my child. I think it was ninety five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 He, no, it was a straight cult leader. Yeah. I was like, and yeah, it, and it was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Like CT being like, you're moving here and you're living here with us now, and take like that's. I wouldn't have never met my wife. I would have never. It's wild how that works. Yeah. Right? Like my life took a turn at that exact time to wild. where it's brought me to sitting here with you. You know, right. like. I mean that's there's that, so much history between those two moments, man. right? Yeah, and so God. yeah, then they then um I was just playing bass and we started cop sodomy um, right. as soon as I moved here with Bobby from Six Shine. We started me and Chuck on drums and we started cop sodomy. We we're fucking killing it. Um and then um Sunny Days CT's band their drummer didn't show up for practice mm. and he's like you can play drums Jeff can't you? And I was like well I got this drum set I've been playing I'm you know I'm let's let's get high and jam. And so I played drums with with uh, Sunny Days at that time, and we realized immediately we're like, hey, this is something different and cool. And so Sunny Days broke up, and the me- most of the members went on to form Wake. Okay. Um, and we were just Wake at, at first, uh, but of course there's a million bands called Wake. So of course, yeah, we had to think of a way to change the name, and and there was a lot of Robitussin drinking at that time, and and somebody had said, uh, Rake. Oh shit! And trying to say wake and yes. you just add R's to everything when you when you drink Robitussin and you're, <laughs> all these R's just start get shrawn, real slurry. <laughs> and so somebody's like, Rake. and uh, so we're like, that's it. And so there but you, you can't say that in normal conversation. It's hard to just be like, I'm going to see Rake later. Uh, yeah. So you know, people still call it wake or 
R Wake or whatever they want to call it. It's fine. But um, that's how the where the R phenomenal. Came from. Mm-hmm. Always wondered, man. I was yeah. like, I clearly was like, well, clearly there was another Wake, and they just spelled it different. Oh, there was millions, and there's another yeah. Wake from Canada since us. Um, that's this with fucking bat. No, with just oh. just Wake. Um, with and uh, they're this fucking amazing Canadian like grindcore band. I think they're from Canada. They're fucking awesome. Hell you yeah! Know? So the name Wake is is off limits. You're not. Get- yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. Not, we're not yeah. getting. No one tried to use that name. You know. Uh, you know. Used. You can most. You know most bands. What really stinks is when the band is still around. I say if a band's been gone, like the post is like two years old. Last post. It's fair game. Well, that's how the dudes reached out to us about the Hellhawk because the Hellhawk had the post and like, we're Hellhawk now. Surprisingly, there's, a, there's another crash cast. There's one and it's about airplanes. And it was. Oh, and, wow. And he only did it for like a handful of episodes. Interesting. And it was, yeah. But he owns all the social media that's crash cast. Crashcast.com. So, so, yeah. So I have to do like, you know, crash cast pod and all this. It's like, I had to find all the workarounds for this dead thing. Has he ever reached out to you? No, no. I don't think he even is. Uh, I think that, that whoever owns that is completely, I mean, it was about model planes, <laughs> like the ones you can fly, like a hobbyist, you know? Uh, I, I've listened to some of it. it's not, you know, it's just what you think it is. And so I was like, I still got to do it. I have to take Like, I love that name for some reason. Whenever it got put in the ethos, I was like, that's the one. Give me that. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, <coughs> I've, I've been since you, since y'all started, I, I, I put my toe in the water you know, listening to episodes, but it, when, when COVID hit and the lockdown hit, cause you know, because I have a special needs kid, I also, we didn't know how, how COVID was going to react mm-hmm. to, to him. And so I stayed home and protected him. You know, I was like, well, I'll stay home w- with Charlie and you know, my wife, she continued to work. And so I stayed home for seven months. And, and so a lot of what kept me occupied was crash cast. You know, I would just sit Hell there yeah. and just like put it on in the morning and, you know, as I'm making coffee or whatever and getting the day started, you know, and so I, I spent a lot of time watching uh, Crash Cast during awesome, man. 2020, 2021. That, I wish we could have done more, but it was just so, you know. Well, I was just watching the old, <laughs> the old ones, the old audio stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like those episodes, but I'm trying to, we're slowly trying to like get those people back in too, to, you know, because of the video. Yeah. So it's like, there will be a before collection and then like an after collection, but there's some really good ones in there, man. There was a lot of building exercises because we didn't know what the fuck this thing was. And now it's kind of like very much in its thing. Just find interesting people. Doesn't matter what they do. Anyone can have a conversation if they're interesting, you know, yeah. if they got something to talk about. And it's mind blowing how many people sit up after one of these and they go, wow, that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. I love this long form format and, you know, like, it's the complete opposite of what is the norm now. Like, there's all these like hyper edits now where everything's Six like, second, do, 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 yeah, do, do, yeah, like this rapid fire uh, editing <clears throat> to where like they take out even like the spaces and breaths and everything Dude, between the sentences. It now. gives me anxiety. It's so yeah, and it's bad for us. Let's let's be real. You know, all of the rapid fire stimulations, the TikTok, the YouTube shorts. Like, yes, there is there is legitimacy to the damage that that does to to you know. I have kids, 100%. I see it. Yep. You know, like my daughter's you know when she's fucking TikTok watching tiktok she's a fucking asshole afterwards because she's it's that same st- stimulation yep and you don't want to break away and so when it's like time to do your homework it's like fuck you dad it's just so you're so in that <laughs> you're monster fucking, yeah you're yeah. in it and so like to have a long form format like this it, it's easy to just 
put the phone on the breakfast bar and, and just push play and just enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's not this rapid fire, you know? That's me, man. I've started listening to them now, too, when I do editing for for this. I'll start. I'll listen to another podcast while I'm doing this because it's such a tedious process. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. So I have to pause it every now and then, do an edit, whatever, and then, you know, for the audio. That's the only thing we edit on here is just adding, like, the theme song yeah. and then the cuts at the end. I mean, you know? fuck yeah. But b- bouncing all that down, you're like, all right, that's 20 minutes. Let me, you know, you know, just pop on. I, I love the comedy ones, which a lot of it has seemed to drift into that. It's like storytellers, crime, and then, like, comedians, two comedians talking. Yeah. Which is good, but then there's the long form, which is more what this one's modeled after, the original podcast, where it's just two or three people literally just shitting around. It's the most fun. Yeah. And for some reason, my brain is like, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, it works. It fucking works. Uh, yeah. In the early days, we were trying to like, I had Chris Doan on, and he brought his pedal board. And we would just go, and I'll be like, what's that sound like? And he would do it. And that's like on a podcast, which oh, is cool. Damn, I've never seen that one. It's good, man. I and that up. I was like, well, what's that pedal do? What's this is pedal do? Is that video? No, it's, it's not. It's just audio? It's just audio. <clears throat> Dude, I would love if we had the technology and the money to have this part of it and then like, you know, dude from wakes in and then we walk out to another room and it's like, do us do, do one acoustics mm-hmm. track. We're going to track it and put that out too. Yeah. Multi-content, you know, so, to, you know, uh, use this to help fuel this and whatever. And it can be like its own series also. Yeah. And I, I heard you say on a previous, ep- a previous episode too, like, you know, a studio would be perfect for that, but the overhead, the you, you know, you, yeah, studios have to make money and, and yep. it's, but if you had a if you had a studio like that, like I mean, that would be ideal to have a side room like this, and then everything set up like yep. like Daryl Hall. Yeah, yeah. Look at yeah. Daryl Hall from Hollow Notes. It's, He's got fuck. I can't remember what it's called, but it's awesome. They do that. Yes. They can sit down and talk with Sammy Hagar and yes. go in and play Man Eater. I've seen <laughs> Whoa, that. Like here she comes. some version of that, like a lower lower down version. But she, it's like one of the things where it's like we can look for investors all day long, but you have to the growth model. And then by the time you get the growth where someone's going to invest, why even take an investor? Just keep doing what you're doing and the money's going to show up. So that's like the last, I'm like, I have all these dreams, but I understand if you just keep your eye on the prize and keep doing shit like this and try to make it better each time. Most people understand we have issues and stuff with the equipment. We're all learning. Me and Kurt literally will spend hours in here YouTubing videos going, I don't fucking know why this doesn't work. Yeah. Like what we spent in here 30 minutes, but we're just sitting here <laughs> yeah. bullshitting. Like it worked a week ago. What the fuck? You're like Googling like DPI export it, file types. All of it. Yes. All of it, dude. Like, please God, someone have an answer. And at about hour 50, you'll find that one guy who's yeah. like, Man, they're just not telling you. And it's just like in his bedroom. It's like the shittiest thing. He's, yeah. like, here he's like flipping the phone camera around. Yeah, it's usually from another country too. He's yeah. like some British dude. But yeah, I mean like there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for that these days. Like we were saying earlier, like let's fucking do it. Let's mm-hmm. fucking get on this shit. Live from Daryl's house, the Little Rock edition. I think that's the thing. That's where my brain goes is like do it not necessarily like a full band, like a concert series. No. But something special. Yeah. You got to give it something special. Like one of my favorite photographers, his name's Ryan Russell. He did a series. It was called Nervous Energies, where he would put them in like their tour bus. He'd go and like shoot bands on tour, and he'd just be like play an acoustic song, and he would just film it with two cameras, 
just like this and just stick that on the internet and they were so fucking good because yeah. you don't see that side of your especially heavy bands yeah you never see that there's a there's a cool one where they did like it's like a tiny venue like a like a little venue and they have crowds come in and like mastodon did one and uh melvin's did one it's pretty wow. cool it's like they, they'll like play in this like little tiny place uh-huh um that's a cool one uh so there there is there is a there's people doing it. It's right. Just, I mean, like the Turnstile Tiny Desk concert. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah you know? dude. That was unreal. Mm-hmm. That's how I got introduced to them. I didn't even realize yeah. they were a band until somebody was like, watch this thing. And I was like, this is fucking great. Yeah. I love any time like a, <coughs> like a Code Orange or a Turnstile or something like that, like cracks that, uh, that surface that's hardened and protected and no one gets through the main, like, well that's because the mainstream can't control shit now yeah 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 used to they had their thumb on everything it's like if you want to break through it has to be through one of us period and yeah. now it's like bitch i got twenty thousand views a day yep. on tiktok on me just riffing yeah piss on you man darby told me uh from i was afraid he told me years ago years ago he said that the reason post malone got so big so fast was he like rented like a million dollar car and like rented it yeah and like took it out into like the salt flats or something and like set it on fire and like <laughs> and like and like burned this like million dollar rental car or whatever and like this badass lamborghini or whatever i don't know i don't know i don't have any uh backup for that it's just what darby told me and and it makes sense that like doing something like that will break you through to the Absolutely. mainstream faster than like making an epic nine minute fucking progressive Absolutely. music masterpiece. <laughs> I think he's one of the early guys who saw that post because he got you know SoundCloud. He was a metal dude. Yeah, you know he was shredding oh, guitars. Yeah, yeah he's, oh, he's legit, legit as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, but he's and now he's one of the biggest musicians in the planet. Yeah, he he beat Beatles sales records. Like it's it, like the dude's fucking massive. Use the I mean using and, the media and against just, itself. Yeah, and just being him goofy self. Like this would be a hilarious. And you can see him. He's a goofy dude. You know it. Yeah, he's just pounding cigarettes and Bud Light like they fucking are gonna go <laughs> away soon. You know. <laughs> yeah. And of course he lit a car on fire and that's what got him where he is. Like, yeah. Not I, even surprised by that. Yeah, if anyone uh, if anyone wants to send me the actual footage of that, I would like to know if it's... That would be pretty cool. I'd like to back that up with some facts. Even if it wasn't, he was an early internet dude. Like, yeah. e- either way, he did get his start in, like, through, like, popularity on sub-platforms. Shit nobody was paying attention to. Yeah. Because they thought they had the control. Right. And, th- and then they don't. They yeah. don't. It's like, spiraled we, away from them. Like, when Tool broke through, you know, it we... As someone who's been, in, you know, a victim of the industry or whatever, you know, been in that and seen the toxicity of the of the record label industry, like it was weird. It was just kind of like, you know, because you know that they don't want to set the bar to genius level because mm-hmm. it makes all the other artists look like yeah. And so, yeah, when a band like Tool does break through, you're like, damn, that's fucking amazing. Like, good, whatever they did, like, fucking congratulations. Like, Mastodon is the same way. When Mastodon broke through, it was just like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it gives you hope for the scene on a large, big, massive scale. I think that's why in the thousands, underground music became so big. Yeah, it was because it was all where all the trap people were. Remember how big it got? Oh, totally, absolutely. Bands started making gold records, mm-hmm. some damn near platinum records yeah. from bands that ten years prior, no, like when like Living Sacrifice and Zayo were the big bands on the block, playing to a hundred people, like they would have never had a gold record. Right, and then all of a sudden, 
boom, now they can. And, and you know, a lot of it too is like now tattoos are acceptable. Now piercings are, you know, like there's a lot of like that from that time. Yep. If you if you remember, like before that, it was still like small town America was still oh, I, like, yeah. ooh, look at this guy. Why you get your nose pierced? And yeah. then after that time, it seems like not only did that happen in the music industry, it kind of like there was like a culture bomb that went off that resonated even to like the furthest corners of, of the country the deepest corners of the country right you know there's a lot of a lot of social norms that were destroyed almost instantaneous mm-hmm. too i because i came in right at the end of all that like i had tattoos and st- i didn't even have that many but it was very like oh like scoff oh yeah totally. like my grandma i love her to death <clears throat> saw her one time. I had one tattoo. I think it was this one. And it's freaking, look, dude, it's Jesus. You got Jesus. Come and on, she Randy. was like, she's like, I'm running out of room, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a weird response. Yeah, I got my first tattoo that I got. I was 14. I got it in a trailer. Oh, yeah. In like a small, as like a town outside of Batesville in the back room of this mobile home. Oh, my God. And at like three in the morning, like everyone's just like meth the fuck out. Every light's on in the house. It's like fucking (laughs) as bright as the sun in there. And they're like, he'll give you a tattoo in the back room if you want one. I was like, well, fuck yeah. yeah. I go back there and I pull my leg. He's like, what do you want? I was like, upside down cross. And so I got this upside down cross on my leg when I was 14. And I went in a home meth dungeon. That's in a amazing. Meth trailer. <laughs> and I fucking go home. And uh, so the next day, my mom's like, she sees it. She's like, "What is that?" I was like, "I got a fucking tattoo, mom." She's like, "Go show your dad." And I was like, "Okay." So I went. I was like, "Hey, dad, check it out." It's my stepdad. He's cool as fuck. He's a Native American dude, and he doesn't say much, but when he does, it's fucking brilliant. And uh, I pulled up my my pants. I was like, "Look, dude, I got a tattoo last night." He's like. Did you show your mom? I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. He goes, What'd she say? He said to come show you. He's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I win. That's it. Fourteen yeah. <laughs> year old with an upside down cross tattoo, just fucking, just totally fine. Just totally won, won the battle. Now it's I'm, that's I'm a good. wild ass story, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still got it. It's terrible. It's all blue now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, them old inks, bro. And he was probably using a big pen or some oh, it was shit. Sad. Yeah, <laughs> just piling it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, thank God they've come so far with tattoos. The Dude, inks and stuff now. I mean, man, they're just so permanent oh, and it's so un- pretty. And like even now, like even in in the most recent recents with the AI and stuff, like the actual art creation now. Like, I mean, it's literally like I can't imagine the luxury of working in a tattoo studio now because someone will come in and be like, "I want a cowboy riding a taco." Rhythm. Type it in, man. <laughs> yeah, taco uh-huh. horse cowboy, whatever. American flag. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that because a lot of times, like with this one, I had to, you know, and Chance drew this by hand. That's beautiful because it's just the idea. That's fucking I mean, great. Yeah, you get it. It is very mm. like symbolic. Uh, they live. Uh huh. And it's just like I had I was like, I want this idea, blah blah, it's from this old movie, this, that, and the other. And he's like, okay. And he just, you know, he whipped that up in like 30 minutes. But imagine you could just go back and just Oh yeah. This, is this good enough? And you're like, that's dope because a layman like myself, like I like to draw, but I'm very, you know, basic. Yeah. You got, you got, uh, you got your things and you draw them over and over. Yeah, it's just it's just on an <laughs> iPad. And what I like to do now, I'm trying to get like line work better, so I just trace a lot of stuff. But that dude's a freaking genius, Yeah, it's man. gorgeous, man. That's really good work. He's ridiculous. And there's so many good artists in town now. Like It's so many. Mm-hmm. 
once I, I don't know, I don't, maybe I'm just, I wasn't in it long enough, but like, I, I just went to seven street, Adrian love Adrian. That's my guy. He's done 90% of the tattoos on my body. Uh, but you know, when Judd worked there at seven yeah. street was all that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judd did that. Uh, that one, my Thursday tattoo. It's holding up great. Yeah. Red's a hard color to keep. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. And even then, yeah. this was better than like, you get the older guys that would have to, and they're just like, they're almost gone. Mm-hmm. Technology. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, you know, you got to kind of, kind of got to feel for the old timers that, you know, mm-hmm. used to fucking grinding it out on you, dude. Like, I, I got a Scott Diffie tattoo. Actually, I got it covered up, but like Scott Diffie gave me one of my first tattoos. I, I was 17. Um, and he was like, are you 18? I said, yeah. He said, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't ask for ID or anything. And I was just like, so I fucking, he he did that wild. Is he still playing? He's, he's doing, I mean, he's like in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, okay. But the parlor is still going. Yeah. Uh, Germ from Seahag, I think is still there. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. He's still, he's, he's still fucking churning away, man. Awesome. You know? Um, that dude's a fucking legend, man. Oh, God. yeah. You know? That's a guy I need on the podcast. You talk about Dogtown. People want to talk about Dogtown this, Dogtown that, yeah. Dogtown this, Dogtown. Fucking Scott Diffie is the fucking definition. Like, yeah. He was like fucking Ollie in trash cans and shit <laughs> and fucking before dog, before motherfucker, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about the real pioneers of this town. Like, that's fucking, <clears throat> it ain't us. It's Scott motherfucking Diffie. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should reach out. I didn't even think he was still doing stuff. I, you know, sometimes you don't hear a name for so long, you kind of forget. He's definitely in that. Yeah, I don't think he's doing social media, but he's still churning away, still killing it. Good. You should do social media, man. <laughs> at least for us old bastards that want to just, you know, keep in touch sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I, dude, at. I don't I, I don't know what I would do without it. You know, like, I'm able to keep up with all these amazing bands. Like, when, when fucking Tiny Towns first... Holy started shit. playing shows yeah. like i haven't b- had the luxury of being in the same room with them when they play but right like you know because of social media and because of the the you know the the amount of quality video nowadays like i'm able to watch it and get goosebumps yes you know like like anytime a band gives you goosebumps that you're watching on facebook you know you're just like fuck yeah this is the future yes you know like i haven't seen a, i haven't had a band like hit me that hard on a phone in a long time. Like they that got shit something. is fucking. Am- Are they still jamming? I'm oh sure yeah, they oh yeah. Now they're playing June sixteenth at a uh, Full Moon Records with some bands, and then they have another one that's unannounced. That's I gotta catch coming. Yeah. Uh, oh, so we're we're playing with them, the Punks for Pause, which is June seventeenth yeah. at Vino's. Hell yeah, that's coming up uh, quick. Coming up quick. Yeah. Uh, that it gets yeah, announced tomorrow. tomorrow. Hell yeah, uh, dude. They're so damn them and Zasht, honestly. Zasht is the new heavy yeah. kids in town. I haven't Holy. seen them, but yeah, the, like their drummer's like super phenomenal, right? Dude, they're 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 so vicious. They're children. Yeah. And you're like, holy sweet fucking lord. When you watch them, you're like, I who the fuck was I near? Somebody, you know, all the all the all you, you go stand by the sound guy, it's all the old dudes like, oh man, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gear whoever nerds. was near me, <laughs> and I was like, we weren't this fucking good. Whatever they've got, like we didn't have, we were good for the time, but just having access, dude, the access thing. Yeah. It's like social media. I hate it, but I love it. It's like the worst double-edged sword of all time. Yeah, absolutely. You, you nailed it. You know, and, but the access that they have, you see it, you see the good in it when you see things like that. We saw a 17 year old kid who is 
annihilating a yeah. fucking room and has the confidence and the pre- and he's played two fucking shows in his entire life <laughs> and he's just what's up motherfucker and blah 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 and just go into this vicious ass song and you're just like fuck what the fuck yeah like we we're just now on that tip it's been 15 years yeah yeah dude i, I mean i've been playing with you know self-taught fucking did the best we could with what we had you know it's not what you got, it's what you do with it, tight right. jammers forever. And it wasn't until I started uh, doing Madman with, with Jared Ives. There you go. When Jared Ives came in on drums and was like, I'll play drums for Madman. Like, he was the first person that I jammed with that, I mean, he worked so hard on his technique. He's and, incredible. And he's fucking incredible. But he was one of the first people that I've jammed with that has come that that learned in that age yep. of the you know videos instead of because we used to have cassette tapes we had books yeah the, yeah what, what was it what was it over, what was it learning by yeah. ear but like now the, with YouTube and stuff like that like you know you're able to just like just fucking watch it and learn oh, you know you can I, learn so much faster and, I see so many videos of drums where someone will go da 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 psh speed it up a little and they'll like that's a that's a whole story it. and they're just go through it and by the end of it I love it you know and you're just like oh okay even for myself that's like that's great to know because I didn't know that technique or whatever it is yeah that's still one of my like if I was to list my hobbies you know it's like because music is not a hobby it's it, it it's a life thing. Yeah, yeah yeah it doesn't yeah. doesn't qualify as a hobby anymore but like i like kayaking and i like watching grindcore drum videos on youtube <laughs> <laughs> to write that out that's who i am i love i'll put that in the description <laughs> yeah avid kayaker and grindcore drum video enthusiast <laughs> i fucking can't get enough like because i've always been on a quest to find the most extreme musicians on the planet like you know yeah. that's how i you know found bands like origin and cryptopsy and like like all these musicians <laughs> that like the drummers are literally just i mean you know on I mean? full it's throttle unbelievable speed and then like the dude from dark funeral now that's like even faster and like there's this like race to the top i don't know where it's going to end because god at some point g- it's just going to become white noise but <laughs> it, i like it, to me when i listen to it i'm like i can't this is just fucking this is just math machines yeah, it we're, sounds you know, like a we're CD just robots, skipping. you know. But <laughs> so I mean, crazy. it's it, when you're in the room with it, though. It's it's much more user friendly than um, than when you're listening to just it on a recorded version. Because yeah. at some point, it's just. I mean, how much can you really take of that in your brain without going insane? There are some people that are already insane that just do that to right, themselves right. all day. Well, live you have the atmosphere. There's yes. people around you. Yeah, but like seeing Origin when Origin played at downtown that time, like there was probably. 40 people behind the stage watching John just just <laughs> locked in. Oh, dude. But so, like, you know, I just spent a lot of time just watching that evolution of m- maniacally fast drumming. And, dude, jamming with Machete Eddie. <laughs> I was just about to ask. <laughs> like, we fucking practice at my house in my jam room, and he comes, sits down at my drum set, and it's just like... It's so fat, yes. Just like, my drums you're gonna fucking catch on fire. Roll around the whole kit and then uh, right back into it. He's the fucking greatest dude too. Like, it, we're just so fortunate right now to have so many amazing musicians doing so well. And yeah, I mean, what a great fucking time. They're all good at something like something the the acceleration of it too, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, like they excel at it to a level where you're just like, fuck, I'll never. No, but I like that because it's like I don't want to be able to do all the stuff because I it's that's fucking crazy. 
I'm just, what am I going to do? Just do all the stuff all the time. That's nuts. Yeah. You're going to drive yourself mad. Mm-hmm. I want to be good at like two things. Yeah. Hire your friends. Right. You know, yeah. get yeah. them to come in and do the thing or start a fucking band with them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. I've been really fortunate. Jam with some amazing drummers, uh, Tino from Epoch of Unlight and jam with him and Ash of Cedars, black metal band I was doing. Uh, Jared, of course, mm-hmm. fucking jam, some amazing drummers. Uh, but that's not me. You know, I'm a, I'm a caveman drummer. I right. hit as hard as I fucking can. Yeah. And, you know, every, and we are so fuck. wake is so fucking loud that like, so fuck. Oh, some would say too fucking. Oh yeah. It's, it's frightening. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. frightening. We're like, even, even, you know, sometimes in the band we're like, are we gonna have to shit our pants before we turn down? <laughs> yeah. Like, is somebody really is like, where does this end? It just poop just We're leaks so out. fucking yeah. loud. Yeah. It's like we played a one time. We played a house show. Uh, we played in a living room, and we brought the entire wall in. It Holy was floor fuck. to ceiling, amps all the way across the entire wall of in the living room. Like the living room was probably it was this depth, but it was just a little bit longer. longer? Oh my god! Um, and so we set up the entire wall, and I set up my drums right in front of it, and. It was literally like, you did not hear one fucking note of the set. It was instant, just fucking ear tinnitus. You could not hear one thing we played. All it was was just. What in the fuck? People still talk about it to this day. I fucking saw wake this time. Fucking loud, so loud. Yeah, so you know, but because of that insane volume level. Yeah. Like you have to really pick each beat strategically. Like there's none of that. You're not going to hear it. It's not going to translate. You have to. Every single thing has to be a full (coughs) shoulder push. Yeah. Maximum hit attack. Like mm -hmm. everything. Everything's a rim shot. Yeah. Yeah, Every time rim shots only. Um, Yeah. You know, people are just like, you know, y'all are a a doom band because you play slow. It's like, no, we're as progressive as we can be for (laughs) for the volume. For the volume level. Um, and you know, so the, I, I will never be a, a, a grindcore drummer. I, 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 at home, I, I practice it and stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I pretend. Yeah. I should oh, say. Oh man. I mean, I, pl- I'm, I'm a drummer, man. I play to the song or the style that I feel that my, in my brain, I feel like is I'm not trying to maximize what I'm doing. So like, if I don't think it needs a drum fill, I'm not going to add a drum fill. It's all very It's all very much on purpose. And, and that's dude, that's Bill Ward and, and yeah. Black Sabbath. Like, like, he was never like a, a, a you know a very progressive drummer. He was right. always just playing the riff on the drums. Right, and I think that leads to some of the best music the earth has ever produced is when the drummer plays the riff. Yeah, it's obtainable. Yeah, yeah. Something, some, something deep in our you know monkey brain just loves that tribal, just this very matter of factly, and it and it fits. It's just there. Like I love insane shit, and in practice, dude, when we're jamming. We'll be going full blown madhouse, doing all kinds of crazy shit, but that's for funsies. Fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I very much just you know I like I hear the thing and however my brain interprets it, I'm like cool. And sometimes I do too much and I'll actually pull back on myself. But then sometimes I will add something balls to the wall just because I'm like I feel like this right here needs to be just dumb ignorant. You know. Yeah. Just, <laughs> but when when you're talking about music, you know, being the international language uh, uh, you know like and it really is um in order for that to be universal language you know it's it it helps it so much more if the drummer play like if the the riff is or whatever if the drummer's going Uh if, if, if everyone is playing the same piece of music 
just on different instruments and their own, with their own flair or whatever. Like yep. it, it, it translates so much better to to that you know as a language. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I feel like that's the way as a drummer. You know, like if the if everyone's just going as fast as they can of course it's a thing of beauty and it's something yeah. i obsess over and i personally love it so much you're watching the science of it at yeah. that point you and know it's, yeah it's like watching a fucking you know a guy build the fastest race car or exactly like or that. watching a rocket ship lift off you're it's like great. this is the peak mm -hmm. this is what peak humanity looks like and this is like but the stuff where everything's just in sync is like it's more like where we came from yeah where we're at like it's it's whatever the word is we're unified it's like it's like dude it is like the great unifier mm -hmm. and when, when you do it and when you when you um when you nail it like nothing competes to that nothing, feeling man. when you have an entire room full of people God. and you got them the you transference got them. they're all together like you know there's a lot of shows you feel like you got you got your core people and and they're in with you you know you got them you're we're all together you know on oh. this on this spiritual plane we're all together but then there's those magic times where you even get the people in the back that are like what were you doing last weekend scott and they all stop and they're just like dude and you have the whole room there's nothing it's like the it in the fucking world greatest. that's the drug yeah it's, oh, that's totally. the and you know you play in front of the two and the ten and then you suffer and you're like mm -hmm. well last month it was so much better what's like last month was that one and you just, that was friday night for us not gonna lie hell yeah it got, was just so the whole room oh dude Love so it. the stages we set up front you know that's our whole shtick the whole band's fronted justin's actually the center he's drumming and then you know bass myself and i we're playing and i'm, I'm I played down, so I'm like up on top of the drum set. I have two microphones, one at the pedal board and one at the drum kit, so I can kind of move around a little because I cannot awesome. stand still. Clearly, I talk with my hands and I move. <laughs> uh, but I we play the first song and I'm and I do the pedal board, so I'm just down. I'm looking, and we get into it, and I'm just I'm zoned in because I'm nervous as fuck. It's our first show in three years. And I'm just oh my god, my heart's just beating out of my chest. Like don't fuck up. <laughs> Do the thing, next song, grind it out. I look up, the room is full, dude. And I went out loud. I went, I looked and I was just pouring sweat already. I went, God damn. <laughs> Where'd y'all get here? And everyone was like, Yeah. I was like, Wow, man, this is crazy. Yeah. So it was just a very emotional. But while you're playing, you felt like, you Oh, had man. From. Person one to yes. you know, person you could seventy feel, or whatever. You could feel there was side stage. I, I would like look because I face sideways. Something about when I do it, I just want to face. We play together at practice, so I think it transferred to the stage. You know how sometimes you can tell the bassist that had to play in a bedroom because yeah, he plays yeah. way up like this. Uh -huh. I think that's kind of something. It's like, will we practice this way? So let's just do it on stage too. Uh, so you can see your buddies and like you catch glimpses of it, but I play almost. 100% of the music I play with my eyes closed. Yeah, I find Guitar, singing, mm -hmm. drumming. Dude, drums, 90% oh, of the yeah. shit, my eyes are just like... Mm -hmm. Fucking mouth breathing, you know. hanging out. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I actually said, uh, we were both sweating. Justin was like... Hey, like Four, four songs, by the way. We're only four songs in. And I, and I, and I How said, long are these songs? Not long at all, dude. We're just <laughs> out of shape. It's an 18-minute set. No. The greatest set of my life. We played, we played six songs. It was 24 minutes. So very normal. you know. And I looked up, and Justin's dead. And I'm dead. And I said, hey, kids, this is what pre-diabetic looks like. Take care <laughs> <Great>. of yourself. <laughs> Diabetes. 
diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. Dude, <laughs> say that sample. What's thing. it like? I gotta know because uh, you're probably like the first world touring musician I've had. Like, what is that? What is is that a pain in the ass or is that life changing? I mean, it's it's beautiful thing. Um, yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a very expensive. It's very tough to prepare for mm-hmm. uh, logistically. Um, you know, but it's imagine how the scene is now, where it's just like people just go to shows. It's just part right. of the culture. It's the what culture. you do. It's always been like that over in Europe. It's right here. It's I mean, just... it's Tuesday night. It's fucking packed. Wednesday night. It's fucking packed. Thursday night. It's fucking packed. Like people just go to show. It's part of the culture. Yes. And they still um, do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't been over there since 2010, 11, somewhere in there. But, um, yeah, even then it's just like, I mean, people just go to shows. There's a <clears> lot more support over there for the arts. Um, Is there something that sticks out about it? That's like, cause I wonder the same thing about here. Because I do understand that it's part of their culture. Like some of those countries over there, that's like everything. Yeah, their, their whole shit is going to concerts. Dude, even like Sweden and stuff. Like yeah. they, that you can be paid by the government. To Shout be out a Blindside. <laughs> yeah, but the, the you can get like government. They will yes. pay you a salary. Canada does to, to be a musician. Yep. And you can just like go play fucking cryptic suicidal black metal or whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. And you get a fucking check from the government so you don't have to work. So you yeah. can focus on your craft. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So it's it is it is more ingrained. Um, you know, and it's, so it comes it's, maybe from a systemic level. And I think a lot of it too. I mean, not not to go down a you know too deep into this rabbit hole, but right. I think a lot of it too is the health of the citizens. Um, so mm. it just seems like there's not as much. Um, it just seems like the people are just healthier. They just stay more less, active. Less cynicism. Less. They just they just go out and they they, they have more energy. Right. They're not as bogged down by McDonald's French fries, you know. I just think I just think that that I, I think they're just more active. Yeah, and that translates to shows as well, um, and support of of the arts as well. Um, but it's great over there. The you know it touring is is one of those things where, you know, I I want to do it again sober. Um, because mm. you know, I was always so hungover and stuff right. like that. I remember laying in the van and, and going through the Redwood forest in, in California. And I'm like laying in the van, just hung over, just, uh, just passed out. And somebody's like, Jeff, wake up. We're so in the fucking Redwood through, forest. Yes. And I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah, I've already, se- I've already seen it. Right. But you know, like, so I want to do it again from a, from a, you know, sober standpoint, I, I can actually enjoy the things because I, I'm sure you're probably. I'm, I'm guessing, and I'm pretty sure that you're probably this way as well. You know, whenever I'm on tour, especially playing drums, like I don't leave the venue. I set my drums up and I stay. I, I'm just in this mindset of it's very ritualistic for me, um, really? and I'm not comfortable like going to. We're playing in D.C. Let's go see the Capitol. Or right. I can't. I'm just, right. I'm not there. I'm I'm here, and this is where I stay. Very matter of factly, and yeah. I just can't leave. And so I didn't uh, partake in a lot of the sightseeing stuff that mm. I would probably be more mentally healthy now to do. Right. Um, so I want to do it again. I want to go back to Europe. I think we're you know Wake is playing um, again um, more frequently than we right. have in a long time. And like I said, our kids are getting to the age where they don't need us as much more right. as, as more. So, you know, so being gone for two weeks or a month or whatever, it's is not as somewhat possible looking right. now. Um, so we're still pretty spread out, but we have the support. Um, you know, we still have one more label with relapse or one more album for relapse. That's nice. Um, so we're going to try to, you know, get put out a record soon on mm-hmm. relapse and, uh, 
you know, maybe try to do it a, a little bit, you know, try to get over there a little bit. Festivals are always great. We, we played Hellfest. We played Roadburn. When we played Hellfest, it was fucking amazing. It was really? like Kiss and Alice Cooper and fucking. Holy fuck, dude, uh, that's so crazy. Like Lemmy from Motorhead is just like playing pinball and, you know, like it was, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> you know who you are, right? Like it's so one of those moments, like. And it was one of those shows, too, where we had them, you know, like we played in this fucking huge. I mean, there was probably, you know, six to eight thousand people at our set. Holy and, fuck. Um, we had them. We had every one of them. Like when we were playing, you could just feel we were all one. It's the one thing that's still on my goal list, man. Five, I want to play like five plus, like five K plus. I've done a thousand a few times. It's fucking phenomenal. It's weird. It, it, it's really hard to not play too fast. I, I can't even imagine, dude. You know, like it makes sense why Metallica, like anytime you see videos of them, they're always just like fucking booking because yeah. they're playing these massive crowds and there's just massive amounts of energy. God, the and transference. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's really hard to control yourself and the set goes by really fast. And when it's over, you just feel like you're just like, what was that? Are we done? Like, you know, and then like the horny teenager feeling kicks in. You're like, can we do it again? Can we do it again? Yeah. You, you know, just, I mean, we're, we're like three minutes. You want to cram one more song in? Yeah. I know we said it was the last one. <laughs> it's over before you know it. Um, but it feels if, you know, when you get them, you know, I'm sure there's probably a lot of times where you play to a big crowd like that. And, and you know, it's. It, you may not sink in as well to everyone and it may feel kind of like <laughs> i'm sure you know like if they're forcing it down their throats especially if you're they're not there for you like a they're there for God, someone imagine. and they're a completely different genre imagine like, all those poor bands that had to open for like ozzy and shit holy like, fuck i mean allison shane's like getting booed off the stage just farting on a snare drum man <laughs> <laughs> might as well not even be here like fucking Alice in Chains getting booed because they're not Ozzy. Right. Like, how sad. They <laughs> were so, so good. I don't, that's like, it's, I know we keep coming back to it, but it almost is one of those things where I feel like a lot of that has changed. I don't think that would happen today. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think so. You know? I th well, I mean, the general amazing diversity that is is going on now it, it it translates to everything right you know and 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 genre acceptance yeah um is is beautiful now like i i i just want it to i want to, i'm ready to take it to the next level like there's this festival in amsterdam called roadburn we played it a few years uh uh in 2010 and they used to be like it was like doom metal band, doom metal band, stoner right, metal right, band, right. doom metal band, uh -huh. stoner metal band. Here comes another stoner metal. You want us some doom or some doom? And you know, like, uh, and it, you know, but they have evolved since then until now. It's like guy playing didgeridoo from New Zealand with like corpse paint on, and like, and then like fucking, and then like you know, fucking uh, acoustic set for you know, like they've like, like they've taken this open genre format and just like embraced it. And, and so you, you'll, you're like, I'm going to fucking go all the way to Amsterdam. I'm going to pay insane amounts of money oh, to yeah. go to this festival. Um, and I've only heard of like three of the bands, but you know, when you get there, mm. it's, you're going to be blown away by this. And then you're going to be blown away by this. And, you know, like, I don't know if you saw that band Black Braid. They're like this, like, Native American fucking... Oh, I have seen Like, anti-colonialism fucking metal shit. Like That shit's wild, You know, man. like, what the fucking fuck? rule, yeah. right? So it's shit like that. Like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> like diversity. The, yes. And now's the time, you know, thankfully, now, you know, like, I hope more festivals do stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I just... I, I think it's important to not just be like... 
Here's a metal band. Here's another metal band. Here's another metal band. I'm kind of hung up on it. I think that for shows now. Yeah. Isn't it just better? Yeah, it totally is. Like, you know, like some of the best shows are, you know, you go, there's a fucking hip hop opener and then there's a fucking, you know, then there's a fucking, you know, power metal band. Then there's a fucking band. Yeah, let's fucking do this. Post hardcore band. Yeah. Let's do this. Like when, uh, you know, the the first, uh, like, uh, when, when I guess it was, was it Mutants? What festival was it where they brought the du- termination, brought the, the hip-hop dudes from Memphis, and it was just like... I think that was Mutants. Was it Mutants? Yeah, I that was so. fucking awesome. Like, it was just like... Absolutely. It was so refreshing, and be like, more of this, please, mm-hmm. you know? So hopefully... Oh, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. We have, a, we have a record release show in mind that's somewhere in that vein. It's like, there's something fucking... Just cool as fuck. Every, not every show should be a, like a tent pole event because that's just too crazy. You don't really have a place that could just hold that kind of level of insanity all the time. Although it would be sick as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every show you came to was just this different thing. <laughs> you never know. You know, but you could build a, a scene that is where people just think like that. Yeah. And it could become a thing. I don't know that it has to be those. It would but have I, to be done now while it's this much inclusion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, and people are still young. It's, you know, you just do what you do, make it cool, and then they'll go, shit, that's cool. What's our version of that? You know? Yeah. Because it's all just monkey see, monkey do. Everything. All, you know, just, oh, well, that's cool. What's... You know, like light show. Dude, we used to get shit on for having a light show. People used to fucking tell us we were dumb as shit. Bands, touring bands. We're playing with these bigger acts, which is awesome also that we did enough work to get on the bigger act, you know, because that was always the goal. Oh, my God, we're playing with fucking Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, my God. Which is still cool, you know. But there were bands we'd play with. They'd be like, "This is y'all are dumb." Blah blah. Get your lights from Home Depot. It's like, dude, that's all we can afford. Yeah. I mean, like, what, what the think, fuck? Who do you think we are? <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, oh, sorry, we don't have the record contract and all the fucking free money. Ass turd. Yeah. You know. <laughs> do I remember Living Sacrifice? They got that dude that like brings in all those fucking like like. Ellie, like, like, like fluorescent fucking oh, yeah. strips and like that's our shit now. Like fucking, yeah. Like, I remember being like, damn, this dude is like <sighs> rigging up. Like, is he gonna blow a break? Like, you worry, like, is this gonna make the amps hum? Because this dude is like hooking up all these like <laughs> neon fluorescent like things that are not electric electricity friendly, right? You know, for tube amps especially. And, and uh, now with the LEDs, ours is all LED now, and there's yeah, shit yeah. we bought at Home Depot. They just all they do is blink, and it's effective as shit it takes no time to set up they're sturdy as all hell they last infinity yeah so you know what used to cost a venue so much money is yeah. now two hundred dollars at, at the fucking local hardware store it's good you know yeah. just but just add to it like we're we're now we're looking into like we got to change it up we go we need something new something different Especially for Lame Johnny, if we're going to start playing shows, I want something cool, man. I was yeah. thinking like a big-ass L and a J, but then I was Hell like, yeah. but we don't have a trailer, so... Oh, yeah, transport. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a nightmare logistically to transport a massive L and a J around. got to make it where it, like, clicks off, like, <laughs> yeah. storing the panels. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. If anyone would waste their time on something so stupid, it'd be me. Yeah, I mean, hell, it's not stupid, it's just... Really challenging. It's, it's challenging. <laughs> I bought these. I, bought, I found these clamps on an old uh, fucking World War II locker. I snapped them off. And, <laughs> and, and I mean, honestly, as fast as the technology progresses, you could probably like find some 
amazing deals on those uh, LED walls. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like, you cause, can. Because they're just constantly upgrading them and upgrading them <coughs> and upgrading them. Dude, you get used them. ones for damn near nothing. Yeah, more yeah. and more resolution. And so, just, yeah, get one of the ones that's just kind of like vintage right. LED wall. You know, I go to these. You ever been inside a production house? You know the people that store all the shit for mm-hmm. the concerts. Oh yeah, and you'll go to like like MP or yeah. you know, and you'll just go in there and be just racks of cases. And you're like, that's all the old shit. Damn, yeah, and shit just sitting there collecting no, dust. I'll man. take it. <laughs> Yo, uh, can some of that shit fall off the truck? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Let me borrow it. Let me just borrow it for a little bit. Listen, I'll bring it back. Got a string of shows. I'll give you, you know. Whatever you want, but can I just borrow it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut your grass. Whatever happened to the fucking uh, projection mapping? It's it's still here. It's uh, I think it's Don't far more. That. I think it's far more uh, more involved than people thought it was going to be. Okay. It takes a lot to set up and actually get it perfect. Program yeah. Kurt, get your damn projection <laughs> mapping going. <laughs> this dude's going backwards, man. He's he's on fucking. Oh yeah, the he's, film. He's going to film now. You see the damn. Mm-hmm. He's he's real film heavy. See, I think because I come from um, the film era, like right. for me, I'm just kind of like, this is so, much, so work. much Like yeah. you take fucking 150 well, pictures and you have two good ones, well, you, and you've <laughs> you come from the era where you, like flyers were made through copy machines, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, man, fuck, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, Kinkos. So, 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 <laughs> dude, we used to be. I mean. We would spend so much time in Kinko's. Yeah. Like, we would have to, like, tag out with each other and be like, I'm going to go rest for a minute. <laughs> and somebody would be laying on the floor at Kinko's on their back, just, like, with their eyes closed, while the other person is, like, still cutting and pasting and, and making a copy and be like, no, that's it's not 12 by 14 yet. Uh-huh. And like, like, I mean, God, we, man, we spent so much time in Kinko's. And then we would literally just... We have a big staple gun and just drive around and jump out at every pole and uh, staple yeah. them to the poles and hand them to you know people <laughs> that would just immediately just throw it on the ground. That's right. And you know that's just what you did. We just would. That's what we did on the weekends. We handed out flyers. I um, remember that grind. Mm-hmm. We would get reckless with it. Remember, one of my favorite ones that we ever did was we went into the mall. Mall was always a spot. You know, hit the hot topic in the Spencers. Yeah. And hand them to any kid wearing black anything. anything. Hey, you take this. Yeah. Uh, here, you throw this away, you know? <laughs> uh, but with the the elevator, dude, we stopped it and just, pla- like, fucking wallpapered the entire thing for our first, or it was our concert, our first concert series we ever did. It was a little festival in Bryant called Rockstock. And, <laughs> dude, we, dude, we, oh, we put, did it again and, like, opened it and got out. And the first people that walked, like, there were people waiting to go in. And they were like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, they were so pissed. But we just <laughs> took completely TP'd that thing in flyers. It was amazing. Hell yeah. Yeah. Did y'all use just like duct tape, scotch tape? <coughs> scotch tape. Scotch tape. Literally had a guy just ripping tape <laughs> and just, we were just, you know, just so as fast. Y'all leave the elevator and all just, just falls. falls down. Probably. Dude, they probably <laughs> literally made it one more floor and they took it all out, probably. <laughs> that was the thing with that. We had the fucking hardcore staple gun. You know, like the like the, the construction one, one, yeah, like with the big staples with the teeth on them. Pops, yeah, yes. <laughs> like the staples that are still in the telephone poles on University and yep. Asher. <laughs> they are too. Yeah, poles are still covered in staples. The one right outside of Vino's in the parking lot there is just a like Hellraiser's face, just <laughs> yeah. stuff all in the it. The poles gonna start spinning, chains flying out of it. And or the did y'all ever did y'all ever do the glue 
the glue in the water? No, and, I like, never did them? that. They do that a lot in Europe. That's, oh, that's okay. the They have areas where they do the fucking plaster shit. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It definitely is the most effective, I think. Well, because you can put it somewhere where it stands out now. Mm. I've never done it. I've always, but I feel like it's almost vandalism. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you, you probably would catch a charge. I think you would. You're in the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time now. Yeah. Wrong person sees it, charges <sighs> filed. Who knows? Mm. You know. Well, and you're putting your name on It's like, who did this? And you're like, well, the fucking name's on the flyer, man. Yeah, Just yeah. So you know. Yeah, pretty easy to find. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, you know, and now, you know, like the, the the creative level is so is so funny and cool now like you know like for the for the night spake show that we just played there was like seven different flyers you know that, that are hilarious each one of them is completely ridiculous like you know the you mo- know, the multiple dude uh-huh. the multiple flyer thing is my absolute favorite mm-hmm. that that cover show that Kurt does that he did they every band. Well, Kurt Kurt spearheaded that whole fucking thing. I'm not gonna shake it out. Like we do it under our umbrella, but like that dude really. I got drunk as piss and hung out with people all night, and I had a I had a motherfucking <laughs> blast, sir. Good work, Kurt. Good work. <laughs> I was lit trying to be front man of a band I didn't even practice with. That just was oh, so shit. fun, dude. <laughs> they did a Paramore cover set, and that's Paramore's like. They're top tier for me. Yeah. And so I was just singing along every word on stage. Didn't get a But same shit. And they did these four really well done. I mean, they were so well crafted and they fit each brand and the style. And I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. I've seen some of those flyers for those cover shows. They look fucking great. You know, you know, at the same at some point you're almost like Oh, is this like uh, are they gonna get sued for fucking plagiarism? Because <laughs> there's like I don't the know. actual band logo you know, is this big, and then like the performed band, by yes. is like this big. And if you look, if you're like like me, like an old guy that needs glasses, yeah. you look at the flyer, you're like, damn, that's gonna be hell. Oh, it's a cover show. It's a cover show. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I like to think of it. You can't. You can't bill it as a tribute show because really it's a tribute show. Yeah. Like they're covering a whole band's. Discography, yeah, that's a tribute show, You're and right. they're doing it to the nail. I mean, any given room did Paramore, and their singer is six foot four, and he dressed up as Haley Williams, <laughs> yes, wig and all, total tribute. I mean, part to a note, man, it was phenomenal. And the year before that, everyone, dude, we remade every time I die's actual light show. We spent two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> to to make a life size replica. That's a lot of work, music wise too, like rehearsal wise. Six months. Oh, yeah, we, it took us six months, and we still didn't get all the parts and, right. You know, that's the whole thing too. Is like people are like, you know, they go to a cover show and they're like, oh, I did a pretty good job. It's like motherfucker, you know how hard it is to play <laughs> yeah. an entire every time I die set. Yeah. You fucking try yeah. it. You know, actually talented those motherfuckers. Are. Yeah. They make they make the most simple. Sh- Dude, the the simplest song we played sounding is the the new black. Holy fucking Christ! Learning that song, we thought we saved it for last because we were like, that's nothing. Yeah, we'll Let's work go. on that last. Dude, it took the longest time. Crazy the timing signatures. We didn't realize that it's. It's like off a half a beat, and but they end up, you know, the Led Zeppelin thing. Led Zeppelin used to yeah. do that all the time, mm-hmm. where it'll get off on purpose, and then somehow at the end, it's back yep. together again. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Meshuga made a whole career out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, we'll come back to the. We'll come back to the one eventually. We'll get there. We'll Just get you know, there. bob your head like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening. 
But that's, yeah, that's just hard. Like, dude, even try to play a fucking ACDC song. You think ACDC is the most simple fucking right. four four shit you've that's ever heard? That's grandpa's rock music. Try it. Uh huh. I fucking try it. Not only try it, but be as clean as they were. That's the whole thing. I mean, you know? the fucking talent level. Mm-hmm. Simplicity. Just, just, and they were dead on mm-hmm. all the time. Dude, when ACDC would play back in the day, like, like the 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 rhythm guitar player Cliff and uh, the, the bass player would they would stay back, and their microphones were up the front of the stage, and they were back by their amps, and they would know exactly how many steps it would take to get to their microphone on beat. So Damn. That's sick as fuck. And they would get to the microphone exactly at the moment where their vocals started. They knew exactly how many steps it would take to get to the wow. microphone and exactly how much time it took on the beat. And so, like, they, t- I mean, that's fucking it's flawless. It's like some fucking, you know, James Brown level choreography. That's the, that's the, that, uh, I was just fixing to say James Brown and then the uh, uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. He has the same shit in his brain because he's blind, yeah. mostly. Yeah. <clears throat> the understanding of time, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, fucking choreography. Is anyone doing choreography anymore? Uh, I mean, bring you know. Up? Y'all want to do pop some choreography? Yeah. It's pop stars. It's all That all lives in there. In there. I mean, metal bands did it there for a little bit, but it's... The spiral bang. Yeah, metal bands. The, the spiral bang, and then... And then in my generation, it would have been the the crab slam. Oh, the crab the, slam! This thing yeah, that, where yeah, you yeah. just teabag your the air. You know? <laughs> yeah. Bring back some choreography, man. Some fucking moves. Like ZZ Top did it. It still does. I just saw ZZ Top. They're <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. Still, uh, even missing old boy. Dusty you know? Hill. Yeah, he was my hero. I fucking sent him a Father's Day card one year. D- Dusty Hill, the bass player of ZZ Top, that yeah. passed, is yeah. my. He's like my hero. Um, Hell yeah! It took me years. Um, of people asking me like, "What's your favorite band, Jeff? How you Jeff? You like music, don't you? What's your favorite band? You know, like all these people Nate asking Palm me. Death. And so it took me years of of not knowing. I'm just like, that's such a complex question for it me. Is. Like, there's the best band in the world, and then there's my favorite band in the world. Like, what are you asking? You know, there's the band like, that sold the most records, but maybe they're not the that greatest gr- musicians right. in the world, best songwriters in the world. Like, what are we talking about here? Right. And so I finally, after years and years of mental struggle, was able to say, ZZ Top is my favorite band of all That's time. That's dope. Three dudes, fucking total class. Like, everything is just so classy. Tone like a motherfucker, too. Mm, tone, Ooh. fucking songwriting, fucking even 80s, like, synth shit comes in. Like, it, uh, I just love ZZ Top so much. And I sent a Dusty Hill a Father's Day card one That's year. That's sick. It was just like, you're like the father of my... Because it was back when you could get people's addresses out of... Metal magazines like yeah. Metal Edge, yep. uh, Rip magazine. At the very back of the magazine, it would have fan club information yeah. addresses. And so I wrote him oh, a man. card and I mailed it to him. It was like a Father's Day card. I was like, "Thank you for." And Dude, I would never heard anything back. But. They would do that for movies too. Yeah, fan yeah. clubs. Fan clubs, man. Holy mm-hmm. shit! I haven't thought about. I I can't imagine mm-hmm. what a kid would think about. So wait. You had to go to a store. You had to buy a catalog. And in the back of that, some super fan that had access, probably, because a lot of bands would ha- keep in contact with their fan club representative, you know? Yeah. And then, and if they deemed your thing necessary, they would get past that information along. It's like the longest fucking tweet DM in the history <laughs> it takes, of ever. You it know? takes six months. Yeah. And maybe they'll see it. Yeah, yeah they had a, they had newsletters yes. uh, that they would monthly send out monthly. Like you would go out to the mailbox and open the mailbox and be like, oh, right. My, my, my Led Zeppelin newsletter is here. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you know, unfold it be like, 
John Bonham is spotted dead. In- <laughs> <laughs> He's been dead for two years. Yeah. You finally find out when you open the mailbox. <laughs> you live in the fucking middle of Michigan, bro. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you got to be thankful for the internet is the point here. <laughs> you really it's do. The, it's this the, shit the, used it's, to take so long, man. Yeah. It's actually <sighs> got to the point now where it's... It's kind of aggravating when someone dies now. Like sometimes you find out before the thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, there have been times where it has no, been. No, that just happened to a celebrity. Leaked. The family it got leaked before the family knew. They right. found out on Twitter. Yeah, it's fucked Fuck up. Fuck that, bro. Yeah, it's fucked up. That but, stinks. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of aggravating too to watch because like now with this you know instant gratification, instant media mm-hmm. that like. You know, there's also a lot of like, hey, I want to be a part of this world too. And so, like, someone will die and then be like, and then everybody who knew him in the first, second, third mm-hmm. grade will be like, love Jim, yep. Jimmy, why? And like, yeah. I'm crushed by the loss of Brandy. It's like, yeah. you know, because it becomes, it seems like it's almost like more about them. It has turned into this weird thing. It's a weird, morbid... I've actually stopped trying to do it. Me too. I I almost didn't do the one about my dad for that exact reason. It seems like a sympathy grab at some levels. And it's not. I mean, people are sad, and they should be able to fucking express that. It's no different than me running into you at the gas station. You'd be like, Jeff, you'd be like, how you been? You'd be like, man, my dad died. You'd be like, fuck, dude. That stinks. Yeah. But that's a lot different than me wanting to people to have the information. I guess what really drove it was my dad was pretty damn popular for a dad especially amongst my friends but i don't have time to sit there and dial in 200 people so making a right. post was kind of like this that's a, yeah that's, one a, that's and done, legit like, just that's so y'all know legit. yeah but that whole thing it is getting weird yeah I, and it does feel a bit i hate to be I, I don't think i'm saying it mean but it does seem attentiony yeah what about my sorrow yeah you know and I mean, but i mean you know in, in the end of the day though even though it is you know, a lot of times you're kind of like, damn, you know, like everyone's just kind of just trying to like jump on this and be like, I loved him too. And, you know, but at the same that time, too. like, that's all right. And, yeah. you know, in the end, like, it's a good thing. Like, let's, let's, let's support each other. Maybe and, it's just a know. new part of grieving. Yeah. You know, that's maybe it. It, it, it's maybe, the evolution of grief. Maybe it oh. is. I just thought about that actually. Large I almost scale. just sold myself in it. <laughs> okay. Large, large scale social yeah. media grief. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. My brain's kind of like, wait, what? Weird. <laughs> it's an aha, aha moment. But I mean, if, if, I, mean if, I guess, to, though, if you really want to take it back, it's always been that way. Like, now that more I think about it, like... Put it in the paper, People remember? would take pictures... Obituary. Of, like, and even, like, like, uh, like VHS record funerals. Oh, dude. Th- yes. Weird. Seeing a photographer at a funeral, the- I've had to do it once. Oh, God. Oh, uh, I was like, you that's ever, the last... Have you ever done that, Kurt? It's the last one. I did one because I was like, oh, I mean, I know this is a thing because people want. But they were like, oh, you got to get pictures of the body and shit. I was like, what the fuck? So I guess it's always been a thing. Grief, you know, just kind of. This is the new the, version of it. Yeah. I, like, can, the, I can see that if it's like a celebration. Like a celebration oh, yeah. Life, but like just a straight funeral. Well, my dad's. Yeah, we actually didn't want cameras and we did a party. Hell yeah. The yeah, way he, it should be. He, well, he was like, dude, the way we did it, I think is fucking dope as shit. Honestly, I kind of want to like steal from my own dad's idea but like he was like fucking throw me in the woods and go have a party like toss my whole ass body in the woods so <laughs> it was during covid which kind of fucked everything up but we did have a party like right then like at his work which is in like a plant nursery 
Closed the whole thing. Everybody showed up. Shit had a barbecue. It was awesome as fuck. Year later, when the world opened back up, finally, me and my brother, his sister, and my wife hopped in his truck and we drove to the fucking Redwood Forest. And the General Sherman, uh, it's the biggest tree on the planet. And his ashes are right at the base of that bitch. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Legit. Yep. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. It was like the most surreal fucking look. I just got goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. It was like the most surreal Dude, the, moment. And not, I mean, the drive, you know, like the, life changing. It's a fucking vision quest. It, it's it, a soul quest, you know, it's literally. A, I mean, you talk about, you know, the closure that one would need. Mm-hmm. I mean, that drive was probably the most healing therapeutic drive. Oh, and we did what life. he asked. Like, right. Like you're doing the final wish thing, which is the first, and that was I've been responsible for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This tree. The no, no, no. Oh, just that the weekend. Woods. The, just woods. the woods. But I'm thinking, what's woods? Like he's from Fargo. So that was our original thought. Let's go back where he was born. Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but that Fargo, North Dakota, it stinks. It's a shithole. They were only there because he's a military kid. You know, yeah, his dad like, was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. So we were like, man, that's going to suck because we wanted to go on his birthday, you know, and do this whole thing. We had a hall plan. So it was like, what's another cool woods? And then we thought maybe Japan, because they have those dope forests on those mountains in Japan. Hell it's yeah. like, well, that would logistically cost like $20,000. So, <laughs> yeah. so then it just dawned on me one day, I was reading this National Geographic article, and it was about, I don't know why I didn't think of it. We're the only place in the world these things exist is in California. And just boom, like a light bulb. And I called my brother immediately. I was like, dude, this. And he goes, that's fucking it. We're doing it on his birthday. And we had like a few months to just be like, get ready. And dude, and then we get there and you don't realize that those, they're, they're not on the ground. They're in a mountain, 7,000 fucking mm-hmm. feet above everything else. So it was snowing and I was wearing basically this, <laughs> no jacket. It was fucking April <laughs> in California. I'm not thinking, you know, Yeah. so it's we get there. Time. We get there, dude, and there's people from all over the world there. You hear all the foreign languages and all this stuff. You're like, this is just that is cool as fuck. The entryway is just these two giant, I mean, they're skyscrapers made of wood. They're unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And this fucking thing is 3,700 years old. It's over, it's almost 300 feet tall. The bark is three feet thick, a lot of threes, but it's all true. And I'm just sitting there looking at this fucking thing. I'm like, this is it, dude. I'm so fucking sight. I'm so, my, because we're committing a felony. I'm admitting to it right now. Like, that's a giant felony. Is it? Oh. So I guess they would consider it. One, it's a national park. You can't litter. That's littering. Boom. They got you right. Just yeah. the, two, we carried people's body across state lines, but we did have the thing. We had the license to do so. And three, you can't dispose of human remains. So, whatever. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. So, I waited in a snowstorm for one hour and... When they were done, dude, I reached my hand over the fence and I fucking dug a hole with my hand and poured that shit in there, pushed it over, cried like you would not believe, and then drove all the way home. Dude, that's fucking <laughs> legit, though. I mean, come on. And, you know, like, the 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 ideas that were instilled upon us about death and, and the following, you know, things that happen afterwards are kind of weird. Like, if you, they don't... They, they, those ideas didn't evolve well. So, and, you know, like, for me, like... You know, I'm, I'm I'm guilty of it too. Like I just got, went with my programming, right? But like my wife is like the smartest per- human being alive, and and she was like, I'm gonna get cremated, and I was like, 
you know, I'm into death. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to be a fucking mummy, man. Put me in the ground. I want to be a fucking zombie someday. I want to fucking crawl out. I was like, don't cremate me because that will be the destruction of, of my potential zombie. I, right. be, I could be a zombie someday or a mummy or something. Like no a religious skull. connotation on like, You're like, when the virus hits, I want to be part two. Dude, I want to be a fucking skull, man. Like, somebody's going to I want to be a fucking rib cage. Like, come on, you know? That's and so, amazing, like, like, I'm like, don't burn my skull. You know, I want the fucking skull are awesome and so like she's like no you're fucking stupid um you know just be cremated because you know the embalming uh whole process is very toxic for oh, the ground dude, yeah. um it's just kind of a weird you know it's when you think about being buried in a human cemetery, jerky man yeah. you're wasting valuable land you're kind of poisoning the land <clears> with the fucking you know embalming shit it's just it, it just doesn't make and for what you know you're just gonna sit in this thing and just decay anyway like what's the point of preserving this piece of land like you know you, you know, can have you ever read where this comes from while we do that yeah it was war so we had to preserve the bodies it was here in the, i think it was the civil war and the bodies would decompose before they could get them back to their families so they had to find a way to transport remains and so they came up with this thing, this embalming person, which was very crude at the time. But once they figured out they could fucking do it and they could make money off of it and they could tell you, oh, you'll be. That's when it all started. Business comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's literally why. Because before that, dude, you would have a wake at your house for like a week. And you, dude, my dad didn't get embalmed. And we went back a month later. I saw my dad, dad a month later. Normal as fuck looking. I was like, why doesn't he look like crazy and shit like my grandma? Oh, well, he's, you know, we didn't do all that stuff. And I'm like, yo, fuck getting that shit done. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's toxic, man. Oh, dude. I'm like, I'm all in. Like, yeah. cremate the fuck out of yeah. me. Day see, one. <laughs> I, I still held on a little bit, though. I, I resisted a little bit because, I, you know, it's like, well, fuck, I can't be a fucking skull. I can't be a fucking zombie. You know, like, what you about donate, a mummy? Can, you, can I be a mummy? Donate like, yourself to science, I, yeah, you know? Yeah, well, that's what, that's what Bobby Red uh, had done, um, um, that's a great one too. Um, but you know, I was like, I was like, what about a mummy? Can y'all, can y'all make me a mummy? Yeah. And she's like, no, you're a fucking idiot. We're cremating you. And I was <laughs> Sorry, like, okay, <laughs> cremate me. That's fine. We'll use your ashes and draw a skull. <laughs> so now I want the ashes put into, um, a pressing of some of my music on a record. That's the coolest thing. That one's thing. cool. You've seen I that, saw right? a dude where he was a Frisbee golf. He was a huge disc golfer, so they made him into like 30 <laughs> Frisbee golf. Thing. Yeah. All his buddies got one. But yeah, they can put your ashes in, in vinyl and make records, you know, like make a Oh, yeah. Oh, anything now. Whatever. Any kind That's of plastic. That's probably the route I'll go. Ashes look insane, too. It's like beach sand. It looks weird. It's like white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's not like the movie. It's not crunchy or there's not bits. You're fine powder. Yeah. <clears throat> me and my wife were like, we want to get both cremated. So whoever dies first has to keep up with the other one for at least long enough for they to die. And then have a painter use our ashes and make a painting of us. Hell yeah. yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. You know, fucking. And then just discard the rest. Who gives yeah. a shit? I mean, it, it makes sense that the, the, the day of the grave is, is long past. Oh, I might steal yeah. that. Is that a lyric? I don't know. The day of the grave. Ooh. There you go. See, there is still good bands. Lame Johnny lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. I was uh, working at Guitar Center and one day, and um, I just rattle shit all day long. Part of working in retail is you just talk mindlessly, you know? And <laughs> and so there's this guy, he's buying something, and his card won't swipe or something. There's an issue. 
And I tell him, I'm just like, man, it, it, just give it a second. I think your information is stuck in some kind of digital abyss. Just give mm-hmm. it a second. It'll fucking, it'll, it'll, we'll get the authorization and get you on your way. And he goes, Digital Abyss, man. That's a good band name. Yeah. And so he left. And then like three months later, he comes back into the store. And I, I, I don't recognize him or anything. He's like, hey, last time I was in, you said something. And I said it'd be a good band name. And so we started a band. We named it Digital Abyss. Get the fuck out of here. We're number one on Reverb Nation. <laughs> and so just me being fucking ridiculous i was like i was like you owe me some money and i just like was totally kidding was yes. like not serious not even an ounce of seriousness like total joke and he got really weird and was like oh man i mean he, like i kind of like he he built it up like he was kind of scared to say it because he was afraid i'd be like you owe me money or something but, but right and i just did it as a joke by circumstance right and then he got really weird and like i couldn't crack him after that i was like dude i'm kidding like I'm just kidding. Swear. He's like, oh, man. Like, like, fumbled out the door all angry. I don't know whatever happened to Digital Abyss, but I hope you're doing great. Because <laughs> if you're watching, you know. Uh, I mean, it's a good band name, Digital yeah. Abyss. I would I would see that on a flyer. <laughs> Do it in that 8-bit font. Yeah. You know, like from old video game era. Yeah. Yeah, anything I say is, is use it. If anyone wants to use any of the weird things that fall out of my mouth, but by all means. Dude, like... Do you? F- I'm 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 getting into like a writing stage in my life where like shows are cool and all, but I want to just write more. Like constantly, my brain is just filled with ideas to like get out. Do you ever get that way where you're just oh, yeah. like you favor one thing over the? Because I've always been a performance artist. Always, this is like my bread and butter. But just I don't know. The last two years, probably, I'm just like, dude, if I had a place where I could go. Like a studio that just like flick the light switch on and just start fucking playing, I'd be so content. Yeah, it's almost like this. I, maybe it is because of this. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, create music creation, art, art creation is 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 a strange animal. Um, there are different ways to to bring out the sounds in your head. Um, you know, of course, you know it took a long time for me to be comfortable writing uh music sober because uh, i used mm. drugs and you know to to reach the lowest depths of 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 uh consciousness right in order to let these sounds take me because you know i've never i won't say never i try to not depending on the project i try to not force any music uh, i let it come to me like a vision mm. or like a prophecy like an antenna um, you know yeah like i just try to let it take I'm, me over i'm on that tip um, yeah. and so th- that's one way to do it is to let it come to you now um sitting down and and being and deciding i'm going to create music now um is totally you know it's it's a it's a tried tested and true method to creating music the most important thing to remember um when doing that is the first 30 minutes of what you play is generally garbage. And so you have to play for over 30 minutes. Uh, Buzz, Buzz Osborne from the Melvins actually said that uh, one time, and I thought it was genius, and, and it is true, and I've tested it, and, and it makes sense. So the first 30 minutes that you're trying to write, are gener- go ahead and accept the fact that it's going to be total garbage, right. and there will probably be very small chance any of that will be like, keepers. Don't get discouraged by it. Yeah, Stop. So just keep going. 30 minutes of just fucking dorking around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the good stuff will start to show up. The keepers will start to come after that. Um, also, time of day seems to mm. be um, a big key for some people. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an early morning uh 
creator. Right. Like, as soon as I get up in the morning, if I grab a guitar, there's a lot more chance that I'm going to play something from the ether plane that actually uh, sticks and resonates over a long period of time. Interesting. Because, you know, there's different levels of, uh, of goodness uh, yeah. to yeah, riffs yeah. too. Like, you know, like you may write a riff that you're totally happy with, but over time that riff may turn on you and become one of your least favorites. <laughs> Definitely decays. Yeah. yeah. And one of the riffs that you're le- less confident about may grow to be one of your favorites. Um, and I'm sure you've seen that. Oh man. You know, you... The song that you're like least confident in becomes your favorite, right? And a lot of times it stems from just you were playing it and you like for me, it's like, and I'll fuck up one little part, but that part is like that missing link Mm -hmm. to why that part wasn't good in its own self. Yeah, especially on guitar. I think that's why bands, their first albums are so good because they got all that shit out of the way because they played those songs for five years before they got it it on a record. Absolutely. The next record's two years later. You didn't have time to. Dude, I accidentally hit the fucking seven when the, with the thing, and it's like, and then that, and now that's the part, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's bands' first records are generally their most pure uh, right. uh, representation of who they are as a band. Um, but you know, music creation is a tricky one. You know, like for me, like I wrote, I've got, um, I didn't write it. Like I don't take it came to me and I captured it and I recorded it, um, but I don't take credit for it because I didn't calculate. You know, it just came to me like against my will somewhat. Like right. I would just be driving and the sound would just appear in my head and I would just be like, and I'd grab my <laughs> phone and I'd go home and, you know. And so uh, Wake actually has um, probably about an hour's worth of music, a little over an hour's worth of music, enough for two albums essentially right. if we really wanted to. Um, we have nine songs that sound like a Wake sound like Wake songs that were written by a full band that I just, I just happened to capture as it just came to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's different ways to do it. Uh, it kind of depends on the project. Like with, when I write thrash metal or something like that, or like Madman stuff, you know, it's definitely more brain music. Right. Um, it's not as much heart music. Like you kind of want to think it out and you kind of want to, right. Know. Right. No, so I it just kind of depends sure. on the project. That's interesting. Yeah. I I would, love- but for you, I would try to, you know, focus on the time of day, you know, I, I've never thought about the time, wake of day. up and start playing. Because um, mine's always been at night because it's like, wake up, go to school. Okay, well, you practice at night. You know, same thing with work. Yeah, I'm usually pretty exhausted at night, though. That's why my uh, my nights are usually pretty groggy whenever I mm. try to write riffs. I end up kind of wasting a lot of time getting stuck on something that I don't end up keeping. Um, but mornings are just fresh and crisp, and you know, I'm a morning person anyway, so that probably helps. But um that's yeah. interesting. I might, say, mm-hmm. I might fuck it. Like on a weekend, maybe. Try time like of a, day. Like maybe next Saturday, I'll just wake up. Well, I mean, I'll wake up early. I'm, I'm past the age of needing an alarm clock. Beds aren't comfortable <laughs> No, dude. No, they're really not. Isn't that crazy, <laughs> bro? <sucks. laughs> what the fuck is that? It sucks. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Time of day. I didn't put that one in. I do, I do however, definitely am starting to subscribe with uh, whatever my life is is an antenna for shit that's already out there. Because sometimes when I'm playing... It's just pouring out of me like I just turned the fucking radio on. And it's perfect and it's exact and it's beat for beat. And a lot of it I don't even have to think about. That shit's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like you and you're saying writing on drugs. It's like that drug took your antenna down to a level to find that frequency. Yeah. To funnel that into your body and get it out of you. Yeah. And then when you're sober, has it been harder to like chase that down? It was at first because uh, it was foreign. Because you have to find it and, again. And I was scared. That's wild. You know, like I was scared of 
failure yeah. and oh, just yeah. being like, am I going to be able to find these depths that I was able to capture before? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of anxiety there. And, you know, once it started flowing, it, it hasn't really stopped. You know, I can pretty much, I can pretty much reach up to that, that plane above us and, and pull sounds right. out, you know, when, when, so when, when needed. And Rick Rubin actually has a great book uh, that just came out. Um, about I need to read that. About I have, being creative, yes. and you know, I would recommend giving that a look too. It's great. Do you, do you read or do you do audio books? Um, kind of neither. Somewhat. I'm so I'm so busy that right. I don't really have time to to take in long piece that pieces of information that long. Like, like I'm, 10 I'm hours. I'm lucky to make it through a movie or a record. I try to focus on records from start to finish. I listen to a lot of records from start to finish. And, um, but yeah, but the, I did get the Rick Rubin book and it's great. Um, audio books. I just can't, I'm, my brain just leaves it. I'm just, I switch off and I start thinking about I'm, I'm my, I, ma- my imagination's too big. I like them more when the person who wrote it reads it because they put the inflections yeah. where they're supposed to be. I like rock and roll documentary audio books. Okay. You know, like that kind yeah. of stuff keeps my interest a little bit because it's usually pretty wild, crazy drug stories that are a little <laughs> yeah. bit easier to stay enthralled by. <laughs> a good story is always, I was just fixing to ask you, what's the craziest customer you ever had come into Guitar Center? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking there has to have been a moment where you're like, what the actual fuck is happening? Yeah, there was a time where, you know, because I've been there 11 years, I didn't expect to like it. Um, it it's it's a strange environment to, yeah. for a, you know, crazy, maniacal, you <laughs> know, anti-Christian man to be. Right. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a strange environment. And being there 11 years is pretty weird. But when I, I became a manager pretty quick, just because that's how it works there, you know, within six months, they threw the keys at me. And um, there was, I had just got my keys and I was in the back and I got a page. It was right after Black Friday, but not Christmas yet. It was in that crazy retail holiday retail oh, window Lord. and i get a page and they're like jeff this guy's really angry i think you might want to come out and talk to him and i was like okay and so as i'm walking out um on the sales floor i see this huge dude take his shirt off oh shit and <laughs> slam it on the ground like fucking donkey kong it just, just i mean just he did the whole like bend over yeah. and like smash his shirt down on the ground like on the video Hulk game style yeah man <laughs> and uh he smashed the fucking shirt on the ground and he stands up and he puts his arms in the air and he shouts out and there's probably 70 people on the sales floor packed, that are man. just now terrified they're, they're realizing that they're in danger and uh he slams his shirt on the ground and stands up and goes it's about to go down in here. <laughs> and fucking just shouts it. And everyone's like, huh? huh? And every, all the employees look at me and they're like, there you go, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> so, so I'm fucking terrified. I'm, I, you know, I'm not a fighter. I'm more of a killer. And so I don't know how I'm going to react when I reach this guy. And I walk, as I'm walking up to him, I'm, you know, I just make eye contact with him, and I just I'm like, "What's your name?" Mm-hmm. And I can't remember his name's Mike or something. And I was just like, "Mike, Mike, I got you. What do you need? I'm sorry, Mike. I'm here for you." And I just kept saying, "Mike, Mike, look <coughs> at me, Mike." And like I just kept I figured you know repeating yeah, his yeah. name would kind of reach through snap that it. anger and kind of reach you know his his actual thought process, maybe snap him out of it. Finally, get him calmed down. And he's like, oh, nobody was helping me. I waited for 15 minutes. Everyone's ignoring me. And like, he starts kind of like breaking down a little bit. Finally get him calmed down. And then his wife, who's like five foot two, steps out from behind him and goes, 
y'all motherfuckers were fucking out. Oh, she's the same. And then hit Mike's back again. (laughs) (laughs) Just relit the Shut up, bitch. Like, we had it. We fucking had Mike under control. Like, please, we got this. And so, like, that had to start up. So I didn't know if he was gonna hit me or what. You know, he was huge, and and it was it was pretty terrifying. That's probably the craziest. But we get all kinds of crazy shit there, like fucking drunk morning calls, or people are just like, "I saw this guitar in the newspaper, 1985. What kind of guitar was that?" It's like, sir, I wasn't in your mind in 1985. <laughs> I, I can't see your memories. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's we have fun with it there. Like, I, you know, the the company as a whole catches a lot of. Well deserved internet uh sla- or hatred and you know and stuff and you know it's a corporation I get the, it, when you're a corporation you're gonna get it yeah it's, yeah it but comes the with the Little, territory the Little Rock store is a gym I think you know there's a lot of really passionate local musicians working well, in there and it seems stuff, like so. a lot of the staff now is like the staff that's been there for a long time mm-hmm, everyone's kind of baked in now there's a lot of ten year plus yeah bets in there and we we kind of we kind of got our own thing going. It's cool. You know, it's, it's stable. You know, your mm-hmm. check's going to clear every, every, you know, every time you get paid, you know, there's not going to, your check's not going to bounce and you know exactly how much it's going to oh, be. And, that's good. You know, insurance and things like that. Yeah. And it, it, it's actually done me quite well. Surprisingly, I would have never guessed. I mean, 11 years. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a career. And I'm fortunate enough to be in the back too. I'm in the warehouse. I'm not you having know, to deal with. Yeah. I'm not having to turn the face on all day. I can sit in the back and listen to grindcore and scream and cuss. And, <sighs> Poor Chris. Yeah, dude, they're fucking machines, dude. Those dudes out there, they're fucking machines. They are machines. Unbreakable machines. But I saw on the internet, how many times a day does the fucking internet get brought up in that place? Oh, God. Or any retail store? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was on Amazon. It's oh, like, dude, it's, yeah. It's well, it also takes six months for the, the $2 price difference. Do you want to get $2 off and then wait six months and come pick it up? Right. Holy and, hell. And, you know, being an obsessive dude, I'm sure, you know, we're, we're, me, you and I both are extremely passionate about the things we love. And, mm-hmm. and so too much it, so, right. To yeah. almost to a destructive point, you yes. know, I've always been pretty self-destructive and, Same. and, um, and so it took me a long time to, to fine tune my work life balance. Like I would take it home and I would think about Mike <laughs> and be like, I should have done that different uh, if see, I would have only, you know, like I still have to, you know, I still have to rein that in. Yeah. That, that's so, something I work on pretty consistently. And, you know, luckily my wife is the most brilliant. We've been together for 26 years and hell yeah. Yeah. And she's in wake. She's a, you know, she plays Moog and wake and stuff. And we've been together forever. Um, and we're, we're in it for the forever. And, uh, but she's also like very, helpful in in my self-destruction my masochistic mental ways you know like she's very good at keeping me on track and so you know like we've used uh our kayaks and you know like Mm. and and hiking and and being outdoors Outdoors, and camping and stuff and you know we went to iceland twice um which is fucking unbelievable i can't even imagine i mean they call it planet iceland for a reason it's like going to another planet because it's volcanic here there's an, a fucking iceberg. Oh, or I've a, heard. There's a, yeah, like, it's, a like, glacier it's like landing here. on a different planet. Yeah. Um, it's the most beautiful thing. So things like that really help the work life uh, mental mm. balance and make me more productive at home. Um, <coughs> and I don't bring that shit home. And when I get to work, I'm 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 able to to kind of just turn that switch on and 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 chug it out in another day in retail hell. <laughs> I need to do that more. I, I I recently spent a month in Texas, and we were like in the middle of fucking nowhere, building a water tower. But it was so peaceful. Like at night, there was nothing. I mean, fucking nothing, man. You're just hearing the wind howl in the trees, and it's like the sunsets were just 
majestic. Yeah. I, I was mean, like, God, I miss this. You have to look at yourself like someone with the, we have batteries inside ourselves. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And part of our culture is to ignore our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and ignore our humanity. And, but you have to remember that you have a battery inside you that needs to be recharged. And you know, you need to, you need to take care of yourself and you need to recharge your batteries. And usually once a week, I would even say, you know, and, and so spend some time outside and just being in nature, putting your feet on, on directly on the ground you know, there's a there's a lot of ways to you know recharge that battery, and it's very important. Yeah, live like a kid again, man. Take your shoes off, run dig, around outside. Dig a hole. Dig a hole. Go dig a hole and look in the hole. Every stick that's an L, that's a gun yeah. stick. Right. Yeah, make a sword or something. Every every broken tree branch is a broom. Yeah. You know, and, with the pine needles. And you know, I I know they've done scientific research but you know the sound of running water you know we spend a lot of oh, yeah. time by rivers and mm-hmm. creeks and that's where humanity know, has to be <laughs> until what 300 years ago maybe when was the roman times like whenever they did the aqueducts and they could move water oh, yeah. at like vast mm-hmm. distances that's when that all changed for us so yeah cosmically speaking it was like yesterday <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, i mean you just gotta remember that you know we have to take better cares of ourselves and the older you get i'm right there know, man i'm yeah birthday's wednesday i'm like fat as i've ever been i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna fucking die young if i don't stop gravity sucks gravity's a bitch there's no doubt about it gravity fucking sucks if gravity will kill us all you know it will pull us down into <sighs> it you know literally mm-hmm. and so whatever we can do to to you know Fight that fight physically. Right. I did, I, dude, for me, like, I would have never thought that I would be someone who is on zero drugs and hasn't had a drink in three months. Like, two kids. I, yeah, I would have never bet on that. I would have lost that bet that yeah. I would be the responsible one, you know, in, in our, in our, group, yeah, you got like the know? good job, you yeah. got the kid, the car, the cool room, wife. Yeah. Fucking, I mean, it's, a neat place to be in like five bands right now, you know, that's, <laughs> that's sick, dude. Yeah. We haven't talked about dead bird. Fucking like, let's you know, go playing in dead bird. You know, I've been, I've been in dead bird for, you know, eight years now, and I grew up with everybody in Deadbird. Like we were all together. It was Wake and Deadbird, you know, right. and all shared members and stuff. And you know, like eight years ago, they asked me to play bass, and I've been. Uh, once I started playing bass, I was like, "What took me so long to be in Deadbird?" Right. But you know, Deadbird's one of those bands that um, people love. Deadbird, mm-hmm. like they, because Deadbird is very passionate, um, very. You know, it just feels like a hug from grandma when uh, you, when you listen to Dead Bird and when you and so has a very loyal, loving uh, right group of bass and within the band too. <laughs> you know, so playing with Dead Bird, playing Awake, playing in Night Spake, trying to do Lights Inside the Woods stuff, like it just never stops. You know, it's weird that type ty- we're to the age now. You're more than me, but I'm to the age now where I've been in a band so long. I'm like I. I'm like, damn, and I was in other bands before that too. <laughs> Gee, you know, a few of them. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, you've been in a ton of bands. Have you ever made a list? Uh, no, I need to. I was you actually should. thinking about that the other day because I was like trying to count. I was like, I know it's not a whole lot, but it's more than I can remember now. So I need to sit you down. You should and do like, it now. Yeah, you know, because they'll come to you. You know, some of the ones that you've forgotten because some didn't just last run back long. to your list. You know, some didn't last very long. I mean, some didn't even make it to show status. You know, it was just like an idea in a shed. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. You know, it's more of like a, do I want to play? It's more like genre finding. Yeah. You're trying to find the shit you click with, you know? 
Yeah, you should make like, a <coughs> note, or maybe if not on a physical notepad, like on your phone or something, and you know, make a list of the band name and kind of you know a little bit about it. Yeah, and just save that shit. You're like one of the few people that probably saw every one of my bands play. Probably ran sound for most of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's so crazy, dude. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so you definitely like my band Annabelle was two different bands. We just kept the same name, but it was two starkly different bands. Yeah. One was one group. People sounded one way. It was like a beloved because no one was doing beloved shit because they were gone yeah. and they were the only one doing it then. So it's like, fuck, man, we'll do beloved. Then. Yeah. You know, let's if they're just, gone, let's continue. Let's do our own thing. The show must go on. Dude, do you think that's, do you think that's, uh, there's a, there's a weird one. Do you like the chariot? Take the chariot. No one's like the chariot. Yeah. But now there are bands that are like the chariot. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's biting or do you like, Hey, they're filling a void that one band came up with the thing. Well, it's influence is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, influence is something that should always be appreciated and should never be insulted. Mm. You should never insult someone that you've influenced. Um, you know, and uh, you should never insult someone for being influenced because yeah. we've all been influenced. Right. Um, there is, you know, direct plagiarism. Um, that is a thing. A little too close. Yeah. There's. Yeah. I mean, there's. You know, there's a lot of times where someone's like. You know, that's great. Let's do exactly that. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, but at the same time, it's like, it's better than not doing anything at all. At least the people are True. playing music. At least people are being active and people are, you know. And long enough, it will become its own thing. And that's always right? the thing, too. And plus, yeah. you know, you will find, too, like, even though I am super influenced by the chariot and we come in. And I'm like, I want to be like the chariot. Uh-huh. Once you start jamming, it's it's something else has changed. So that's the thing with with collaboration is yes. it, it never ends up being what you imagine it. And that's the one of the beauties of starting bands too is you never know what you're gonna get when you start. Yeah. Um, when once everybody comes in and starts playing, you never know how it's gonna turn out. And so oh, there's even the mystery there. Yeah, but, even, even a member change does that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially in the creation process. Um, but even not even in the live setting, but, you know, influence is one of those things like, you know, we're really fortunate to, to be kind of on the earlier side of the kind of music that we play because we, we brought a progressive edge to mm-hmm. the, the sludgier stuff. And a lot of the, it was hard to compare us to stuff because we were doing things that really, cause we had a really progressive jazz band guitar player that right. was able to do like all this really um, weird modes and Egyptian modes and all the sweet picking and stuff like that, which you just don't hear in doom metal right. or whatever, you know, or sledge metal or whatever. So we always had like really progressive stuff. And because of that, you know, we were able to be influential to other bands that would come around after us. And so, you know, it's a proud Papa thing. Like when, oh. you know, like, you know, I, you know, when, when I see Paul bear or, or spirit adrift or like, you know, some of these bands that have taken, what we what we stumbled upon and and have taken it and, and turned it into their own thing, you know, it's a proud <clears throat> Papa moment. I, I'm I'm super I'm, I'm glad to have been a part of it. And, That's wicked. You know, and you know, I I, I just think that you got to be very careful when you start, um, you know, cr- accusing plagiarism in the in the situation of yeah. influence yes. and vice versa. You know, you just got to be. Because we've all seen bands that have changed our fucking lives. Oh, that's influence. boy, howdy, yeah, that's influence. Yeah, and so I you're feel like, the same way. Unless it's like that. a direct ripoff, I'm almost always like, it's just they're just trying to, you know, 
do their own version of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, know? God, there's so many bands that have just, you know, blatantly ripped off Ozzy's voice, you know? That part's weird. But lots know? of vocalists, because there's whole eras of music you can point to where it's like they all sound the fucking mm-hmm. same, man. Like, the, like especially like what, probably like the early thousands, the edge, every band that came out. I mean, every genre will like, become flooded. Yes. You know, and... It's like I said, just be thankful that people are playing music and that yeah. people are pl- playing in bands and just keeping the machine moving of, of this creative machine that we're all a part of. Because it's all know? about the distance. You know, in the moment, it's like, why the fuck is that? But like, now we're 20 years away from that. 20, yeah, God. <laughs> and, uh, and now you can look back and there's only like a handful of the ones that were going to be the best anyway. Yeah. Right. Because they're the ones that are going to keep it going. Or they just care the most. Yeah. Maybe they weren't even the best. Right. You know? It just means that much. That's me. Dude, when I first started coming around, holy shit, every old person I saw, I was like, that ain't me, dog. <laughs> and here I am, baby. Dude, I remember every time, uh, if I knew you were playing while I was working, I was like, that motherfucker gonna go crazy. Oh, yeah. Kick <laughs> his friends of and shit. He's playing. He's yeah. gonna go cra- At least he'll go crazy. Now. Yeah. There's going to be one dumb asshole like pushing over his friends and breaking whatever he can. Dude, <laughs> it's caught up to me. <laughs> we played Friday and I swear, dude, I woke up today in the bottoms of my feet. The bottoms of my feet. Why is that what's hurting it's the today? Stance. <laughs> dude, Keeping the, the stance hurts. You're like, why do, Why does standing in a certain position hurt so bad? But That's literally what it was. Everyone was Power like, oh, stance. y'all did so literally like foot up. Da, da, da. <laughs> and it, like when I would lean up, everyone was like, oh, and I was like that. I was literally relieving my spine. <laughs> Stretching <laughs> like, it out. It wasn't for a per- performance at all. <laughs> Mid show stretching. <laughs> Yeah, watching you play drums is always really awesome, too. I mean, you fucking throw down on them damn things, you know? Like, the way that I feel like I, I would like to think that I do as well. Yes, you just know? beat just, the piss at Donkey Kong it, man, yeah, uh-huh. you know? They're just barrels, just go, 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 Dude, go, go, we go. saw Helmet one time at the 616 Club in Memphis. Oh, shit. It was Helmet and Monster Magnet, I think. Okay. But anyway, the drummer of Helmet was, I mean, I don't know how much you know about Helmet, but they're fucking awesome. And I like The drummer Helmet. has, like, this, like... The most tuned, uh, high tuned piccolo, just ding, like water would right. just bounce off of it or whatever. And he was hitting so hard. When he got up, the show was over. He stood up and he turned around. He had fucking whelps on his shoulders. He was hitting him. He was hitting so hard. Holy he fuck. was like fucking lashing himself with the fuck. He had like fucking red whelps. I mean, and I was, that's crazy. You know, you see that and you're just like, man. Like that, you know. Oh my! All my passion. drummers, dude. Yeah, mine are all like the who you think would be my favorite drummer. You're probably dead on Bonham, mm-hmm. Buddy Rich. Oh yeah, these are all like just hitters. Uh, yeah. Dave Grohl, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, even even the modern badass. guys, Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath, like all like very much influenced drummers. They just beat the ever loving piss dude, out of it. Uh, I don't know if you how much time you spent watching uh, Chuck Biscuits from Danzig. So I know it's dancing. I know we're getting into some weird ground. No, Stick no, with me fine. on this. <laughs> Don't just stay with me for just a minute. <laughs> He's suing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so the first four Danzig records, uh, this guy named Chuck Biscuits played drums for him, and he was also in Black Flag, and he was oh. in some. Punk, he comes from a, like a heavy, fast punk rock background. Yeah. Um, but you should watch Chuck Biscuits play drums. I mean, it's literally, he doesn't hit the rise like this. He hits it like this. Yes. He comes all the way across. Fucking hatchet. You know? Yeah. And he's like almost standing up. Like his drum throne is so high. 
Like, oh, he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's very Keith Moon influenced. Yeah. Um, Yo, Keith Moon's another one. God. Another fucking wild man. This Incredible man. drummer. Damn. Yeah. He's almost so crazy that like, it, like the the recordings couldn't even capture the genius because he's just going fucking ballistic on like these rack toms. And you know when you saw those guys in the in the early days, there was only a handful of those guys. Now I feel like there's more of us. Because we were all influenced by those. But yeah. back in the day, like the 60s, there were like maybe four. Yeah. You know? And it's weird that The Who was one of them, yeah. right? <laughs> I just yeah. saw The Who. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, dude. And, uh, in Memphis. It was cool as fuck. I mean, yeah. it's clearly not a Who show you right. You were going to get back in the day, but it was still really neat to yeah. just, like, dude, I was, yeah, I saw The Who shit. Fuck yeah. And they, dude, 60, whatever, what are they, like 68 somewhere, still got down on his knees. He didn't power slide, but just ripping a fucking solo. I was like, damn, dude. It you gives know, me think, hope. I think that uh, in this day and age, we're so fortunate to have the new bands coming up out of the, out of the, you know, and it, it's, you know, I, I know how important it is mm-hmm. to put them in the spotlight. You know, they need it. They, they, yes. let's, let's fucking push these. Let's help support all the new up and coming bands. But, Oh, I try to do Dude, as much as seemingly possible, yeah, man. And that's where the focus should 100% yeah. be is is building up this building up these people these new folks that are just like kind of maybe they have some anxiety, they need the reinforcement. Let's fucking lift them up, you know. But it's also super fun <laughs> to go watch the motherfuckers who have been doing it for yes. fucking 50, 60 years cuz there's this level of wisdom and just confidence like we saw Voivod uh while years ago and they were just smiling and just fucking killing I mean, it yes and just having so much fun and they're just so comfortable uh-huh. and you know on stage and you know so it's important to to also not not you know not put that in the shadow either like What's, you know there's i mean even old timers are still fucking killing it, i mean bro. it was inspiring mm-hmm. even to me like yeah I would you know it's like damn dudes uh, they're all gray-headed as fuck they're you probably know? fucking god imagine the arthritis I, that's what I'm saying, and like I know how I feel. I can't imagine how that dude feels because he's been rocking and rolling his whole damn life. And they got money too, you know. They're probably like fucking shooting up HGH or something. Uh, oh, <laughs> and before they walk out, they got IVs lamb in embryos. Both <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, they're fucking getting the works. What's what's on the menu? When, what's in the rider? Lamb embryo, human growth hormone, <laughs> vitamins of all varieties, cups of them. It's not M and M's anymore, baby. No. It's just a bowl of B twelve. <laughs> HGH, dude. We're we're doing steroids before the show. <laughs> yeah. I need y'all on top of it. There's a hundred thousand people out there. <laughs> I mean, you got to pull your. Imagine trying to pull your skeleton together at that age after doing it that long in order to play. Because they play fucking. How long do they play? Three fucking hours. Three hours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Last time you played three hours. Uh, ba- band practice, but not consecutive. <laughs> I've never you know, played a three hours. It'll be like it'll be like play a song, chill for ten minutes, play another song, and that might take three hours, but never in my motherfucking life. The longest set I ever played was our, I guess you'd call it a hiatus show. It was breaking up at the time, but we played for an hour and a half. That's a long we played time. every motherfucking thing and I'm we sure had. You've probably played. You know, done double duty and played two shows in one night with two different bands. You've done that? Ooh, maybe. Yes. Oh, recently. Actually, for the first time ever, I think, I did Crows, which I drum in. We opened, uh, it was a backyard show, and then it was like all day long. And then at night, my Insta War played. But I was like, I had drummed, I was sunbaked, I was drinking, yeah, I was eating sloshy. food. So by the time my Insta War gets up, which is like <laughs> the band, I'm just like, 
<laughs> dude, I have a picture I will show you. I've never. There's not one in existence where I am more just the exhaustion on my face. You can it just. You don't even have to. You just know. You're like he's dying right there. <laughs> you get a fucking oxygen mask. Uh huh. <clears throat> like please God. What's up, Kurt? How you doing over there? How's the ones and twos? You're not even hitting it. Hit the hit the one. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How long are we going? Bitch, see what I mean, dude? Are you fucking serious? We just did a whole who set. That's what I'm saying, bro. We on the who. We played for three hours. We're old and we fucking can still got it, baby. We just did a three-hour set. It wasn't that hard. We didn't even need HGH. Dude, not even a little. I mean, a little bit of sparkling grandma's water, but. Yeah, we got two left. Well, plug your stuff, man. I mean, there's really just, just so much. Fucking go see Wake at... Mutants of the Monster, go see Dead Bird, go see Night Spake, you know, catch Hell lights yeah. inside the woods, fucking. Y'all got any go. shows coming up, any of it? Um, So Wake is playing at Mutants on June, early June. Okay. Uh, Dead Bird is also playing Mutants early June. Oh, okay. Um, Night Spake, we'll be playing more. We're just kind of taking that one show at a time. Uh, lights Inside the Woods is looking for a jam room, and we're going to keep, hopefully, you know, that's just really cool because it's acoustic. It's very dark. Um, Dope. You know, um, and yeah, let's book some sessions at East End Sound. You know, I want to go there bad, dude. You got to yeah. see the place; it's fucking killer. <clears throat> um, yeah, and just go to shows. Keep supporting the. F- keep doing what y'all are fucking doing. That's Absolutely. y'all are the ones carrying the torch. You know? Oh I'm, yeah, I'm just stalking y'all. Got to got to carry it and then pass that shit on. That's all these kids back here. Ooh, that's what it is. Fucking love it. I love what y'all do. Absolutely, and that's. Uh, that's literally where it came from, and just grow it, do the growth model, and put this fucking thing in everyone's ear across the whole place, you know, everywhere. Yeah. All of it, all over. Yeah, I'm so glad y'all are fucking chewing through it on this thing, man. Like, it's fucking coming along. I, will, I appreciate it. Thanks for being our uh, new episode guinea pig. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was all right. we'll what a, one hell of an episode. I, tell, I told a handful of people you were coming on, they were like, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, <laughs> and it's the one with all the fucking <laughs> new shit, so this should be amazing. Yeah. Thank you, dude. Yeah, dude. I can't thanks say thanks me. enough. Thanks for all you do, especially you too, Kurt, man. Thanks for all you do, brother. <laughs> uh, Crashcast Twitter, Crashcast Pod, and thank you for listening. Peace. Woo!